0: Welcome to Source of Uncertainty, a book club podcast for you. I'm Robert Standifer. and I'm Kyle Swisher, and this is episode 22, March 2021. For those of you who <laughs> care about when this episode will air, aired sometime when in the future. Yeah,
1: you're concerned about when things happen in time.
0: So, I kind of imagine, you know, when episode I don't know 167 comes out. And somebody thinks, you know, I need to go back to episode twenty-two. When was that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> now they'll know.
0: Now they'll know, and we'll index this, and and it'll show up in the transcription that Kyle types out after every episode. Yeah. All right, man. March. What a month. It's been a long one. It's,
1: I like I like these uh, these five uh, Wednesday in a month yeah. Uh, yeah. months <laughs> Getting an extra. <laughs> Week to uh, put this thing together, yeah. And, it's like
0: daylight uh, like savings time for us in a sense, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, gave <laughs> an extra week. <laughs> it was like,
1: hell yeah. Then of course, like I'm still, you know, slamming it all together two days
0: beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. This is the end of the month, isn't it? Yeah. I I, I thought we had another week to do this, and I was like, man, <laughs> why is this not getting on my case about. Doing <laughs> <laughs> You're like it's Mar- it's March
1: 35th already. <laughs> God, man, it wants to do the recording. <laughs>
0: Jeez, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a month. A lot of interesting things have happened this month in the world of Bukla and source of uncertainty, the podcast for you. Um, I guess we will start with the literal biggest news, which is not Bukla related at all. And that is that I have acquired an Analog Solutions Colossus. Do I hear and cheers anywhere? No?
1: Oh, yeah they are the outside. You can hear the frogs outside my window. Yeah, I can hear them here too. Just yeah, just going nuts for you. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's,
1: they were the holding out. Big Analog Solution fans.
0: So this thing is, like the name implies, colossal. Um, it showed up in a three hundred and fifty pound crate. I don't know what that is in kilograms. Um, they, they carried it out on a forklift from the truck down my oh, driveway. Wow. I put it on my porch and it was t- delivery was two days. You late. got a steep driveway too. I do. I do have a very was steep. Is that icy? Driveway. He was struggling. He was struggling at the top, but mm-hmm. he made it happen. He was super pro, the delivery guy. And it was raining like a, I mean, it was raining like crazy. It was sunny the whole week except the day that they <laughs> delivered it. So my wife and I, like, we op- we opened it up. I had to buy special screwdriver um, things for it, Posi Drive 2, which is, I guess, what Europeans <laughs> use. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. The, the synth, the, the Colossus itself weighs 150 pounds. And so my wife and I carried it up the stairs. Now, you've been to my house many times, Kyle, so you know there's that that turn is yeah <laughs> so we had to Oof, negotiate got over the ledge yeah it was a lot of discussion <laughs> and uh but we got it in and set it up like put it where it's supposed to go and i was like well, i don't even want to touch it now because i'm exhausted it took two hours to get it up the stairs so give
1: people like if they don't know like just an overview like you know of what
0: yeah they're... it it is a um I hate to call it a synthesizer because, I mean, that's kind of diminutive, but it's a a giant musical instrument, electronic musical instrument, styled in the, like, an EMS Synthi 100. So the creator, Tom uh, Carpenter at Analog Solutions, had a Synthi 100 that he restored and then sold, and he really loved the aesthetic of the Synthi 100, the form factor. Um, Mm -hmm. So he created Colossus, which looks like a Synthi 100, but has all uh, analog solutions, modern, um, traditional subtractive synth guts. It has 12 oscillators, eight filters, eight envelopes, eight VCA's, oh no, 12 VCA's, third, 64-step sequencer, two touch plate controllers, two joysticks, and two 31 by 31 pin matrices for patching, one for CV and one for audio. And then everything is available on 3.5-millimeter patch bay also. So it's just a crazy. has an oscilloscope built in, and um, sounds amazing. All sawtooth core oscillators with Vernier multi-turn knobs for pitch, for frequency. And mm-hmm. just sounds amazing, so fun to use. It's triple spring reverbs, two of them. Putting reverb into reverb is kind of interesting, your volume quickly. <laughs> Quickly goes away. <laughs> yeah, that was just a matter of I uh, put the pin in the wrong. So that's the only my only complaint about the Colossus is actually not the Colossus's fault; it's, it's my problem. I'm blind in my right eye, so I don't have depth perception, mm-hmm. and so looking at the pin matrix where you have to line up to go from you know uh, the to go into the ring mod, the ring mod to go into the output to the mixer, it's like row Q column 21 and that's the point where they go in. So with depth perception, you can with two eyes, you can see like the, the way that those points come together much better than someone who cannot see with, with his right eye. So I have to like track down the little pips mm-hmm. and then um, put, and then the pins are $10 each. You thought, you thought the <laughs> cables were expensive. <laughs> those, <laughs> The ten the ten k resistor pins are ten dollars. I'm sorry, they're not ten dollars. What am I thinking? They're ten pounds. Ten pounds oh, wow. oh, even. Yes, so about fourteen dollars. Holy oh, yeah. cow! But it, it's really it's really fun to use. Um, and I'm excited about it. So I'm starting a YouTube channel. And but I don't think we're going to do a Colossus podcast for you. <laughs> um. <laughs> Can you?
1: Um... <laughs> can you split up that 64 step sequence or is it yes.
0: all you gotcha. can do two independent uh, 32 step sequences or you can have them um all 164 232 and then you can have them be um what do they call it four to one there's another ratio where you can have the like the clock difference between them be different it's hard i can't explain oh, it at okay. the, the knob um but the, also, the, the keyboards, the two touch plate keyboards are sequencers also. They're 16-step touch sequencers. So whatever notes you play over two octaves, the, six, the first 16 of them will be in the sequence. And then as you tap additional notes, they overwrite, oh. you know? OK.
1: So it's a, yeah, so you, it's, it like records your.
0: Yeah. And then That's it like... has a transpose function. So you can transpose it with one key. And I've listened to some really amazing demos where the guy plays a melody just a simple melody in you know maybe like half note couple quarter notes you know and then presses start and that's the sequence that's playing on the little touch plate controller in it
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's pretty neat I mean that's been done a million times in Eurorack modules and stuff but it was just kind of cool to see um, just to see how that kind of comes together on one big cohesive instrument, mm-hmm. but I will say that so this isn't a Colossus po- podcast, so I'm not going to talk about the whole time, but I do need to mention that holy moly, man, when you've been using Buchlev for like four years, <laughs> then you go to you know one volt per octave, traditional subtractive, subtractive. yeah, yeah, and, the big and then changes things, but still.
1: Yeah. And then you're, we were kind of chatting about that. And it's kind of like a whole different thought of like kind of breaking down like everything has its own level within like its, I don't know, it's hard to call them modules or you, I don't, <laughs> you know, what I mean. But it's like an oscillator has a level to it, right? Like an output yeah. level. Yeah. So you're just, you're doing the routing with, you know, the pin matrix, but you're attenuating its, you know, it's signal at the, um you know, at the oscillator level, which is just, yep. you know, that's very different from yeah.
0: the what filters, we're used to. The, uh, the four Moog-style filters have level knobs also, and the mm-hmm. four Oberheim-SIM filters don't. They have uh, multi-mode switches instead where the levels would be. Um, And then... The envelopes the, have levels? The envelopes have levels, yep. Of course, yeah. all the VCA's have levels, and the filters yeah. all have VCA's built in. Uh-huh. So you have to. That's why the four Moog ladder filters have a level knob, and then on the some ones, you just use the envelope to um, to open and close it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's... And the ring mod is, dude, ring mod with that super fine control on the vernier mo- knob. Oh man, ring that's mod, like...
1: ring mod underrated
0: at this yeah. point. You know. Well, I was telling a so I was watching it in the tele in the oscilloscope making pretty shapes and stuff, and I was telling a friend of mine that I had to spend thirty eight thousand dollars on a synthesizer oh. to finally understand how ring mod works. <laughs> <laughs> well so I've always, you know, I've always, I love ring mod. I mean, the two the two eighty five e has a great ring mod on it, but the super fine adjustments of going really slow in the pitch and then seeing it on oscilloscope it's like oh yeah okay that's why it sounds like that mm-hmm. i'm yeah. exaggerating slightly but you know it didn't i've watched ring mod is like it's not super complicated but hearing these small changes kind of like about phasing which we'll talk about later doing it in really small adjustments you can tell quite a bit of difference from um, in the sound over time so that was really what was key just being able to turn the knob really slow. So, yeah, the Colossus is here. It's behind me, and it's completely dominating my studio. And so that means, whereas I got huge in one regard, I have gotten slim in another, and I've downsized from my 24U thing, booklet thing, to a Skylab uh, case, a 10U. Plus, I've got a 3U that my, has a couple of um, non non-E modules in. But yeah, so I've significantly slimmed down my booklet. And it's, well, it's liberating on two fronts. One, I don't actually have it anymore. I gave it away.
2: You fully, and, liberated your- yeah,
0: fully liberated myself of it. I don't even have the, I don't have any booklet except what's for sale. And then the other liberating factor was that by downsizing so extreme, I, I got down to like the core of what I want to use to make, you know, the, the stuff I want to make music with. Bookla, and you have to make sacrifices, you know, we've talked a lot about that. Um, but really kind of like, what kind of music do I really want to make? And what enables me to do that, and not have a lot of other modules that are just there for exploration, which I love doing, but I wanted to have, you know, taking a, um, inspiration from folks on the show, like Steve H, and Mort, and others, it's like, what can I do with 10 spaces? And so that's pretty exciting, but I think it's in the trunk of your car. Um, <laughs> last time,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: it's uh so we're uh, we're che- We did a um, a social distance uh, meetup in a parking lot, as we tend to do every like four months to uh, some pa- to pass some uh, boucle contraband back and forth. <laughs> and uh, so I was picking up the featured module, which is the uh infinite phase shifter model two ninety seven uh no e on that and um and then all of a sudden he brings out this lovely blue case and um and it was the whole Skylab and like yeah. I glazed over because I was like holy cow like there's a <laughs> there's a ton of good stuff in here but um but like I was just like, oh, like it was overwhelming because I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've gone at this like um, in a very slow progression. and so like it's like boom, new system all at once. It's just like, uh, okay, let me just I'm gonna shuck this uh, 297 out of here and I'll put it in my system and I'll deal with that one at a time and uh, so so yeah, I' have not uh, I've had it for three. At least three weeks maybe longer but I haven't really cracked it open
0: so that and so the system has a two, the Keen 282e quad tra- trans event generator 260 Keen 268e um, what is that thing called see I've already forgotten because because <laughs> I gave it to you it's like one of my, uh, my, one of my favorite modules T- time trans time no 268e uh, control print I don't remember it's an oscillator um four oscillators in it <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the 252e um, polyrhythm poly what is that thing called <laughs> <And> the, <laughs> the 251e I'm
1: bringing up I'm bringing up com right now 251e uh, uh, four, Polyphonic uh, rhythm generator That's right yeah and then the 251e e four you know.
0: four sequencers in a row i think it's that one that one's called <laughs> quad the sequential <laughs> voltage source oh, i remember i remember all my modules i really do folks don't at me this so this was a test for me it was <laughs> yeah you had to go I, failed. I heard you open the trunk of your car too i heard the <laughs> <boop>. <laughs> yeah so i don't
1: know it'll be yeah it'll be interesting i might I might like kind of like take them out when it's I'm I I guess I I can clear off like more of my desk space and kind of have it take, next to the rest of my out. system.
0: <sighs> you have like, got to keep the the preset management, dude. That's what that's why I gave you the whole thing. So just put a sheet so over the, pre- the ones you're not using or something. <laughs> Cut a hole out for the for the 252E <laughs> and ignore the rest. <laughs>
1: So you're saying I'm going to want to do the same thing again?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what the yeah. preset thing will do.
0: Yeah, it just—it's it, um, loaded to presets. Just bring one up and start playing it. Okay, yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> that's how it works. I, I cleared cool. all the presets too. I was like, "Look, I'm out. This is me getting out." <laughs> He's done. This is Robert's yeah. last. Uh, I'm John Wick, man. Last episode. So I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I've got some more Bukla news. Um tiny cables, tiny jux cables seem to be impossible to get these days. Um
1: Yeah, you brought this up. I hadn't heard this. Yes. There was a. Uh...
0: they were not on the ever given ship that was stuck in the Suez Canal. That's not why um that's not what happened. For those of you listening to this in the future, it's March twenty twenty one and a ship got stuck in the Suez Canal. Um, but the Tiny Jacks Cables no, it's that Black Market Modular, which is owned by Eric Fox, is has stopped making their their version of Tiny Cables um, to make a new a new one. I saw this on Muff Wiggler. Um, that fact. I haven't talked to Eric about it directly. But that's great. If you want Tiny Jacks Cables, though, and you can't find them, you can make them yourself, of course. And personally, I think the black mark and the, the uh, modular addict, flexible cables, work really well. And Mike Thomas said that the those right angle tendrils cables fit really well in, in the, the tiny jacks connectors. So thanks, Mike, mm-hmm. for that tip. So if you're out there,
1: I've got um, some, I've got, I've got some small board brain, I think is the yeah brand. board brains yeah. Um, they kind of like they have, I think it's like the color is like moon gray or something like that is very similar to the gray that's used in like what black market used to use. Um, and so I have like three inch ones that just are for really short connections, um, like from the uh, uh, 292 quad low pass gate up into like the mixer or patching within the, the um, 277 delay. Um so yeah, those I've never had in kind of the signal short out or anything on those. So um, could be an, an option if you if you like that.
0: Uh, yeah, just that, put some colored that same gray heat shrink tubing. So you said that you've used you them go. with the two ninety two quad low pass gate, but will they work with the two ninety two e quad dynamics manager? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I mean, I have one here. I could try that out.
0: <laughs> Going to blow up my Skylab with the board brain <laughs> cables. <laughs> oh man! Well, if the show gets canceled, folks, you know what happens. Kyle, uh, Kyle ruined my Skylab. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Skylab episode. All right. So enough of that that stuff. We have a really, really awesome guest today, Eric Fox. CEO of Bukla is back, like, back again to give us some more details and some new cool information. Really good. Really, really good. I, I like Eric, and there's a lot of great info, so pay close attention, folks. And then, um, but before we get to that, Kyle, what's up for, what's next for, uh, what's the future module segment going to be?
1: We have like literally 50 minutes <laughs> worth of phasing talk in front of us.
0: Is that two copies of the same 25-minute segment going phasing in and out of each other?
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, shifted 100, and was it, 1,800? uh,
0: 1,800
1: degrees. Degrees. So
0: uh, before we get to that... I
1: was actually, I was thinking about, like, just running this whole episode through the phase shifter. We should. We should have. And then printing it. It'll be like the, uh, it'll be like my Snyder Cut.
0: (laughs) The swisher cut. Since yeah. we've spent that all that time with the uh the two ninety seven infinite phase shifter.
1: It hey, just a second, it will go swish, like as you listen to it. Like that's that's like what the sound that you hear.
0: is a bunch of swishing. We can fix that in post. Um the <laughs> I hear phasers all the time. Like <laughs> it's like I've of course I've heard them all the time in the past. But now I'm hyper-aware. Every time I hear a phaser being used in, you know, Tangerine Dream or um, Autecker or whatever, I mean, it's like, boom, there's a phaser, and I'm, I'm hyper-aware of it. It's kind of like, the you know those trees that people use to, to make a separation between their yards? Those are called arborvitae, those really tall evergreens.
1: <laughs> arborvitae? Yeah, that's what they're called. A... And I always hear arborvitae. Yeah,
0: but I speak Latin, and most people don't. <laughs> Um, so, those, some people call them Arborvades but uh, no, no, they don't. The word is is, is But anyway, you're you're over two thus far. The, you know those? Do, so, <laughs> My wife calls them Arborvades It's okay, but the tree exists, and we're going to buy a whole bunch it does. because we want to completely section ourselves off from neighbors. So I looked up at how much it cost. Blah blah blah. Well, now I see those trees everywhere. <laughs> I mean, they're everywhere, and I never noticed them until I decided I was going to put them in my yard. Well, that's kind of uh, how phasing is compliments of the two ninety seven <laughs> infinite phase shifter, or should I call it the infinite phase shifter? Cause that's how you heard it pronounced.
1: <laughs> Don't turn this around on me. <laughs> Just cause you're saying tomato everywhere, you know?
0: Oh man. College. Um,
1: <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, we're gonna get. You're gonna start us off with this. You're gonna kind of give us the lowdown, and then I'll,
0: I'm gonna get weird with it. Cool. One of my favorite modules, and uh, probably one of my most favorite segments to do. So I hope you enjoy it. This is the Buchla Infinite Phase Shifter Model 297. This module occupies a very unique place in Bukla history. It's pretty much directly between Bukla 200 in the 1970s and Bukla 200E of the early to mid-21st century. You could say that this module sort of bridges the two generations together. And the way this module came about, is a really interesting story in its own right. In this segment, I'm going to give you a little bit of the background about this module, what makes it so unique, and then we'll explore this patch that I have going on right now and a little bit more of the capabilities of the 297 and how I like to use it in the small 10-space Skylab that I'm using right now. So first, let's take a little bit of a history lesson. When I was researching the 297, I read the manual, and it's a couple of paragraphs, and you know, I'll be honest, it's not super helpful. Um, Kind of explains what a phaser does, and a little bit about the barber pole section. But other than Kent's video that he recently posted, there's not a lot of really great content out there about how this thing works. In fact, this is my second 297. I sold the first one because I quite honestly just couldn't figure it out. And it was only when I expanded my system a bit and found a place for it that I had to have it again. So I went online and found on the internet web archive (coughs) and archive.org, a snapshot of the Bukla.com site from April, 2002. So let me read for you just a little bit about uh, a little bit of what Don wrote. Here's the story of the 297. A notorious analog aficionado and active performer, whom we'll call Dave, pointed out a minor deficiency in our 200 series catalog, no barber poles. So in the 200 series module catalog, which ended in the 70s, there's no barber pole, and this guy Dave wanted them in his setup. So he went to Don and asked for them. Besides ourselves with embarrassment, we snuck into our log mothball design studio and, working feverishly around the clock, repaired this deficiency with not one but two new barber pole modules. That's the 260 Duophonic Pitch Class Generator and the Infinite Phase Shifter 297. And then it goes on to say, Now don't get too excited and see this as Buchla resuming production of 200-series analog synths, We're simply filling in a gap that we inadvertently overlooked some 25 years ago. In 2002 is when he wrote this. That's fascinating because the 200E is just, that's not, I don't think that was even on the horizon. Buchla was making controllers like the Lumina and the um, Thunder at the time, around that time. So that puts this as a Buchla 200 series module, not a 200E module. That's why the 297 doesn't have an E at the end of it. You don't have to say, where's the E, because there is no E. This is a 200 series module, just like the MARF 248 and the 245 sequencer and the 227 system interface and so on. That's really interesting, right? That's pretty cool, because it only came out 20 years ago. But then when you think that 20 years ago was 25 years after (laughs) the 200 series came out, it's sort of like it's right there in that middle, kind of bisects the history of Buchla and because it was made for a particular customer it has touches that were specific to that customer that says dave's barber shop down at the bottom of the module named after dave the guy who requested it and its design aesthetic reflects the 200 series design but then a little little bit of a preview just a tiny bit of a preview of where the 200e was going to go with this nice big led at the bottom the switches aren't buttons they're switches. Nice big hard switches, just like you'd find on a or 20, 207R, you know, or any of the, um, the clone modules that you'll find nowadays. So as so I was re- reading about this more, I thought, you know, a phaser, a whole module for a phaser, even one with a barber pole. Well, what does that mean, even with a barber pole? And why did Don say that analog synths had barber poles in the past. What was that all about? So a little bit reading more. Don describes that as thus. Now just what is a barber pole module? A barber pole is a spiral that slowly turns around a vertical axis. The actual movement is rotational and horizontal. The perceived movement is vertical but illusory. The term has been applied to processes in which movement is perceived to occur continuously in one direction but ultimately, there is no net movement in that direction. So that makes sense. If you've ever seen a barber pole at the old-fashioned barbers, you know, it looks like it just continues forever. And the 260 Duophonic Pitch Class Generator, which is the other barber pole module, is, uh, it, it does the shepherd tone paradox. So that's the sound that, as it rises or falls, it seems like it's never going to end. The 297 uses the barber pole for the phaser, and it results in an interesting effect that uh, we'll get into in just a minute. I want to conclude this opening here with uh, some more of what Don wrote about the infinite phase shifter specifically. We've all heard the output of those little stomp boxes called phase shifters or phasers. By mixing an unprocessed signal with a phase shifted version, they create a type of comb filter. And if the degree of phase shift is cyclically varied, the filter peaks move up and down at a user-specified rate. So he's just pretty much described how a phaser works. We've heard phasers on lots of stuff. Something that comes to mind is the on the drums on Led Zeppelin um, song Cashmere. So Don continues infinite phasing, in which these peaks move continually in one direction, was first introduced in 1981 by the Bode Sound Company but very few devices were manufactured and the idea has since been abandoned. Seemed interesting and challenging to us, so we designed one. And here it is. So what I have going on in this patch right now is I'm using my King 282e quad transient generator to output two functions. One function goes to the 260E, 268e graphic waveform generator, to draw the waveform and another copy of that uh, function goes to or trans event in keen parlance goes to the sweep oscillator on the 297 which I'll explain in just a moment and then the other trans event is going to the resonance input on the 297 and then I have a 281e going into the CV input on Dave's barbershop which is just sweeping the Rate of change um, from minus 30 semitones per second to 30 semitones per second, so 2.5 octaves. I have the phase shift center set to 4 kilohertz, the sweep oscillator is mapped to 32, 332 hertz, and the um, CV input potentiometer is fully counterclockwise. Notch is set right to the middle, and resonance is set to 4. So that's actually a very basic patch. If you watch the video either as a Patreon subscriber when this episode comes out or two months after this episode airs, you'll see that this is super basic. It sounds like I've said a lot, but there's really not much going on here, even though what you're hearing is a really cool, um, kind of sweeping drone. Now, some of the credit goes to the King 282e because I can draw a complex CV with that. But you could do, accomplish something similar with a 266E source of uncertainty or the 281E quad function generator, any CV source, <clears throat> 223E, um, and then send that through like a 256E or 257E to shape the control voltages. But the point is that the, the CV is really interesting. So as I mess around with this, I will like, change to a different stage up to stage eight. Put that up, I'll fire it up a bit. Up to stage ten. It's interesting. So I've had this going for probably about 45 minutes while I did a bit of reading and such to prepare for the segment. And I, I like it. It just, it's got movement, but it's a little bit um, a little bit unpredictable when that movement comes in because of the shape of the CV that I'm sending in. So it's pretty cool. All right, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna unplug this patch. I'm going to take out all my CV sources here because I want to give you a good idea of what you start with. So everything comes out. I'll Turn off my reverb. So all I have plugged in now is I'll go to bypass and I'm going to take the noise out. I'll take the flat noise out from the 266E Source of Uncertainty. And we'll go to... So I'm going to start by having both outputs coming firmly from the first input. There we go. And so that's just noise, and It is... um, I've got the 297 in bypass, so nothing's happening. It's just the noise. But as I start, if I put the stages into, let's say, 5, and then sweep, and I'll move the sweep oscillator down to 0.5, turn the resonance up to about halfway, you can hear the... that's the sweep oscillator. And, so this is the fully wet signal right now. So I'll just sweep the rate of change. Turn the sweep oscillator down so you can hear that a bit better. And that rate of change sweep becomes more apparent when I turn the resonance up. Now when I go up from 6 to 10 and sweep the rate of change, it'll have a lot more uh, so you could say it's broader. So if we just wait patiently that sweep oscillator which is running at .03 Hertz here this. That's pretty cool. I use this a lot on uh, 7 dot waves to give kind of the sound with the 272E polyphonic tuner to make it sound like there was lots of static and noise on a like a two-way radio um, in the Arctic, so it's been a pretty good effect. Okay, well let me put that noise back in. The one I want to demonstrate now is I've got this the fully wet, and it should be coming out of both channels. When I move the right channel over, and I bring the notch to the right in the middle, and then bring up the other, the right channel. So you're hearing the wet signal and the dry signal kind of mixed together into the two, different, into the two channels. And there's a subtle movement between them. Uh, this works really well with headphones on. Um, there's kind of a subtle movement between them as they go into and out of phase. Bring that down to like seven so you can hear a little bit. Turn up the sweep oscillator. Yeah, so to me, I hear it kind of in my left ear and then it moves over into the right ear. And I don't want, I'm I'm sure I could explain that and, and use like an oscilloscope or an, a meter to show what's happening there, but I like to let the sort of illusion happen. That's the that's why my back is to my computer. Okay, so I'm gonna bring it back to one channel because I'm gonna stick with the wet signal for now. And take the noise out. And since there aren't very many of these 268Es out there, I will use a different oscillator. I'll use the 259E and we'll patch that into the 297. Turn off my modulation. So, here's the dry signal. mode and that's kind of tough to to make out okay so this is the 297 with no modulation Uh, the modulation oscillator is turned off and you're hearing a little bit of movement there because the 297 is doing its thing but when i move the notch all the way over to zero and we get the wet signal Now if you have a 259E, that might sound a little bit like the modulation oscillator doing its thing, or similar to how the 261E modulates amplitude in the, um, in the, the modulation oscillator modulate amplitude of the 261E. So as I start messing with the knobs, this is the sweep oscillator here. And then now I'll, I'll just turn warp on the 259E. So again, all that modulation is happening only in the 297 other than me turning the warp knob. Okay. So now I'm going to turn, I'm gonna try out the barber pole. Now, let me back up just a second. I realize, you know, I, know I own this module, I know a lot about it. Um, I can just start using it, but for you, you might not actually know of how it's laid out so i'll take a second to explain that and then i'll get back into the day's barbershop it has a signal input on the top with an envelope follower out fast medium and slow um, envelopes from the incoming signal and you can switch between those with a nice switch two signal outputs phi1 and phi2 phi the greek letter and the, uh, the letter in the greek alphabet that's spelled phi kind of like phase uh, then there's a phase shift center section that has a CV input and a, and a pot for that and a tin inverter for that. Phase shift center, which goes from 250 to 4 kHz, and that has to do with how out of phase or how you can shift the incoming signal, the number of phases, by a certain, I think it's 1800 degrees. I'm not an expert on that, so I'll defer to the manual. Then there's a bypass area switch that goes from bypass to which is off and it's a yellow led and then you get four five six seven eight nine ten stages and that will affect it's ten and then i'm just going down and then there's a notch input and a pot for going uh, zero to ten. I think of notch kind of like this comb filter and in the middle is a one tooth and you're kind of going between between the left side and the right side of that tooth. Kind of a, a simple way of explaining that. Next is the freak sweep oscillator frequency section and that's what gives it that wah wah sound. That. So as I turn it up it gets up to 32 Hertz. And then it has a frequency CV input and a depth CV input and I'll turn that up a bit so you can hear the depth. So the oscillator maxed, here's max depth and as I back depth off, it changes the amount of modulation of this sweep oscillator. Resonance is just the, just like you would think, resonance on a filter. And then the last section is Dave's Barbershop, which is a good third of the module. And it has a CV input, um, some really pretty graphics around the barber pole, a switch that says out to lunch for off, "your next for on, then a nice big potentiometer for rate of change sweeping from minus 30 semitones per second to 30 semitones per second, 2.5 off and this is sort of like the big knob you would find on a it's not the same but it's sort of like the big knob you'd find on a krautrock phaser like on a hybrid krautrock uh, kraut phaser in fact Heinbach recently got a krautrock phaser and, and posted a video about it and i was like dude that sounds a lot like the 297 infinite phase shifter because um, there's, there's turning that rate of change with the sweep oscillator is pretty similar so you could do some really cool con or noy or something really cool like that stuff to do some classic kraut rock. And so the, what makes this so great uh, in terms of doing phase shifting and the barber pole and all of that is all of this stuff is under voltage control. That's what makes it different from a, um, a normal phaser and then of course the infinite session, which I have talked enough about so let me show you the Dave's barber shop. I'm going to set the rate of change to the middle so the LED turns off. When the led is lit green it's descending and when it's lit red it's ascending i feel like that should be the other way around but that's okay um now i'm going to just set a small sound here design something to maybe eight so there's the sweep oscillator So, I've got the stage set to 9, notches at 0, so you get the full wet signal, and I'm going to turn on the barbershop. So, as I move this to the left and right, it will change the descending and ascending phase, and you'll hear that barber pole phasing. So let me go to just the modulation oscillator output. The sweep oscillator turned up too high, so it was hard to hear. So you can I hear the sweep oscillator or the rate of change barber pole bringing the, um, the phase shifting down about six semitones per second. Going back to my two fifty nine. Now, when I turn on my, so that's the super oscillators turned up pretty high. So pretty much everything's turned up max. Change it to the 8. That's pretty wild. Let's see it turns the reverb back on. Got kind of a little bit of an aggressive reverb for this. So, yeah, I mean, when you um, start exploring, like, all these different control voltage sources and you deal with, like, you get both of the signals coming out, like, I'll bring that back in, like this, you mix them together or maybe pan between them or sweep the notch and pan between them and move them around, you know, with the 227 swirl. And you could get some really cool sounds. This is all 259E and 297. The 297 Infinite Phase Shifter is a fantastic module, full of all kinds of possibilities for sonic character. And with almost everything being under voltage control, really the possibilities are endless. It chooses a CV source of anything from an envelope to something complex coming from the 266E, really anything, and you can have all kinds of fascinating and happy accidents even with the settings and the 297 and getting some sounds that kind of go beyond what one might think of it coming from a phaser. And I love that about the module. And the other thing I really love about this that is not something really you can hear, but I like the connection to the past. I like that it's a Bukla 200 series module, a precursor to the 200E. Don's return to making Bukla modules. I I like that. I like being connected to that that little piece of history. And so it just feels kind of a special spot in, in our Bukla systems. And it's just really a joy to play with.
1: All right, we're going to get weird over here. And uh, we're going to self-patch this thing to get some feedback from it. Um, So here's what I've got going on. I am first taking the two outputs and I'm putting them into uh, the A and B inputs of the 292 quad low pass um, gate. And I'm going to take the, um, the all out. That's the output that you can, you know, we'll draw from all four channels. Uh, I'm going to crank both the channels all the way up, put them in gate mode. So it's just kind of the direct clean signal, um, coming through the output. And then I'm going to put, patch that back into the signal in on the uh, 297. So, um, from what I've noticed is that uh, if I turn up the notch is kind of where it starts to come in. So that's at like two, and I've got nothing else going. we have got nothing on the depth of the sweep oscillator or the resonance or um, the barber pole or anything. And we're on the, um, just the four stages, the first option of stages. And it's at one K on its shift center. Um, if I change it to 250, you heard like a little bit of a pitch difference. If we turn it all the way up, kind of the same pitch <laughs> difference at 4, uh, 4,000 hertz. Um, and I'm just slowly bringing up the notch. We're like at around four right now on the dial. Halfway up. We're now it's about eight. <laughs> and a big bassy note at ten. We'll go back down to like kind of like that eight. Um, let's see here. Let's try it with the. So I noticed that the sweep oscillator doesn't really take much effect in here have it up to 10 but I think it's because of the we have so few stages right now same with the resonance it changes it a bit but that's me sweeping the resonance back and forth um but the rate of change does have a lot so rate change is actually right in the middle I don't have the um the barber pole on so I'm just going to sweep the knob so I'm going to go ascending So that was all ascending, I'm going to go descending. I'm just sweeping it kind of from its center down to the left. Um, So now if we crank up the stages, let's go to like, I think this is seven. It's hard to tell. These LEDs are so bright. Um, I've got the notch straight up. I'm going to bring in the sweep oscillator now. So we can, (laughs) that's about halfway up. You can hear that's doing stuff. I'll turn up the resonance. Not doing that much. Cranking the sweep oscillator up to about 8 and its depth. I'll go all the way up. And the resonance is all the way up too. I'm gonna turn up its, um, you know, sweep rate or frequency, Doing the audio. <laughs> so notches uh, turn that down to about three. I'm gonna turn the barber pole on, and it's descending at negative six um, semitones per second, so you can. Hear that going down and resetting. I'm going to turn down the sweep. Oscillator. This is wild. Crank the notch up a bit more. And let me crank up. Let me just go up to like 10 stages. I'm going to go change the rate of change on the barber pole to about plus 18. Backing off the resonance. I mean, this is all by itself. Um, so, yeah, kind of cool with how many things that. Um, you know how I like what about this? Like, how it has its own sweep oscillator um i could be p- trying maybe to patch the envelope follower back into one of these parameters um well, we can test it on the fly there is a, kind of the the hard part about this is um you know, getting the feedback cuz because the envelope follower is just straight up right now it's it's full on um and if i'm going to back i don't think there's any way if i if i back off the low pass gate Yeah, there's just, in order to get this thing feeding back, um, there's kind of no midway point or low point to, um, attenuate the... I guess if I had another, I'm trying to think like how I could route this, if I had another low pass gate or another mixer, I could run it through that and attenuate it there and then back in maybe, I don't know. Going with the gates all the way back up again. I mean, that's like a track right there. Wow. So you can hear that ascending, very slow ascending. Rate of change on the barber pole. Descending now. Wow. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna call that a success. I don't. I don't know about you, but um, yeah, I feel like I could um, just play a set with just that. Man, very cool. Okay, we're going to look at um, some more feedback with this thing. But instead of the uh, 297 uh, feeding back on itself, um, I'm going to go to my other uh, favorite feedback module, the 277 signal delay unit. And um, how I usually patch that up to kind of become a self-oscillating oscillator um, is I plug its outputs back into its mixer inputs. And, uh, but what I'm gonna do, instead of going direct, I'm gonna run it through the 297 first. And so I'm kind of implanting this module within its feedback path um, to where, instead of you know going direct f- from the 277's outputs into its mixer, and then taking more outputs and running it through the phase shifter, um, kind of what's going on with this, sh- phase shifter in this instance um, will have more of a dramatic effect it's not going to affect the um, like the uh, end stage of it it's going to be within the middle of the whole kind of feedback patch so um so yeah I'm kind of gonna go through and just tweak a few things to um, show off uh yeah how interactive it is and kind of like yeah how it's embedded from. Um, kind of within this whole feedback signal so it's going to probably be unpleasant when I turn this on yeah, not great, right? Um, but I'll uh, change the uh, phase shift center so I had it on 250 and now I turn it up to a little bit past 1k and we can hear how that has changed the sound I also have this on um, 10 stages all the way up Now I just change that to 3K, and then up to its highest, 4K. I'll go back down to like 7. Down to 350. And down to 250. Uh, So we can see just right there with the phase shift center, um, frequency like that kind of changes how what we heard within its this uh, you know self-oscillating uh, oscillator that we've made so I'm turning it back on um, yeah see lovely so if I, I'm gonna change it maybe to 500 see how that changes things um, not too much we I'll go back up to a thousand um, and then I'm gonna turn up the notch a little bit I'm gonna go to maybe halfway up So we've heard that makes a difference. We'll go up to 10. Not that different. Maybe if I changed the phase shift center. So yeah, I turned the notch back down to about 4. Phase shift center is up to 4,000. I'm going to turn it down to 1000, pop up the notch to 8, so yeah, I'll turn those back or I'll turn the notch down so we can hear that it has an effect. Um, I'm going to bring the depth of the sweep oscillator, turn that all the way up, and that's at uh, 0.5 on its sweep right now. I'll turn it up a little bit. So now it's at about four. So once again, kind of changing how this thing self oscillates. I'll add some resonance. Turn that up to maybe eight. Actually, I'm gonna go up to 10 just to see. Kind of hear that a little bit. I'm going to turn up the notch again. Notch is about halfway up. So yeah, kind of cool. Now I'm going to start modulating everything. Um, and maybe not everything. But I'm going to uh, take some quanti- uh, quantized random voltage to the phase shift center. Um, And that's going to sweep it from, or it's going to randomly step to different, um, stages throughout. Uh, I'm going to put a very slow, uh, looping 281 envelope into the notch. So that'll kind of go from zero to 10 at a very slow rate. Um, I'm going to keep the resonance and depth on the sweep oscillator down and I'm going to get into the rate of change as well. But what I've also done is I've through the Marf, um, I'm taking in uh pitch information and putting it into the uh delay time. Uh I guess it's it's not really pitch. Well, it is changing the pitch, but it's just voltage that's uh changing the uh the delay time, which will her here then will change the pitch. Um I also want to note that I have two outputs going into the 292 um low pass gates then into the mixer um and they're kind of spread left and right the two channels so You can get a good stereo effect going. All right, so I've got those plugged in. I'm going to press start on this um, on the mark. So I'm going to turn up the depth of the notch, or of the um, sweep oscillator. And I'm going to turn the resonance up. And now I'm going to add the uh, Dave's Barbershop pole. I'm going to go in ascending up to about 18. I'm going to turn up the overall volume, so it'll probably jam me a little bit. i turn the rate of the sweep oscillator up a bit, so that's at 0.5 and I'm going to change the rate of change on the Dave's Barbershop pull down to descending by negative 2. I'm not gonna add, just for fun, um, through the two low pass gates that are in low pass mode, uh, I'm gonna add some envelopes in here to kind of sweep things around. So yeah, kind of fun um lots of movement <laughs> within uh this patch. Um and it's kind of cool to have it, you know, affecting uh the uh, the actual delay times. Um well, I guess not the <laughs> the delay times, but I guess the th- the uh, feedback in there. Um yeah, I don't know quite how it's all <laughs> working within there, but uh sounds cool to me. So I wanted to take a look at the envelope follower on the Infinite Phase Shifter. And I don't know if you've been following along with the show for very long, but me and envelope followers have a bit of an issue with each other. Uh, So, yeah, I I think it's pretty interesting that one is built in uh, to this uh, Phase Shifter. And I guess my... Issue if you're using it with um, more dynamic sounds, uh, you're probably um, using it with, uh, you know, w- w- like an oscillator that's maybe going into a low pass gate that is also being, um, you know, possibly uh, opened up and closed with a quad function generator. And so in my mind, it's like, well, you've got this, uh, you know, function shape. That you could then, you know, just route multiple copies of that into the different parameters on the infinite phase shifter, and get kind of the the same results as if you know instead of using the onboard envelope follower. But, but I don't know. We'll check it out. So it has three modes: a fast, medium, and slow. Uh, so I'm gonna have I've got. Let's see i have got a um, the principal oscillator on the 259 going into a low pass gate and uh, with an envelope or a you know an envelope from a quad function generator and um, and I picked this up from a fellow muff Wiggler forum member Kent who did a a good video on the um, the 297 recently um, and they mentioned that... Uh, it's got like a, a bit of a, a sensitive uh, signal input, and you kind of have to, you know, pad down the, the sound before it goes in there. So, as you'll see, I'll kind of turn on both um, left and right. Uh, or I have these hard panned left and right, the two um, outputs. Actually, I'm going to turn down a bit. Um, and so I am have it on just the gate mode. I find that uh, the gate mode on the low-pass gate uh, it tends to be the less <laughs> abrasive uh, compared to if I had it in com- combo or low-pass. I feel like there's just more energy that comes through on those settings. And I also have uh, the envelope attenuated slightly. Um, once again, to kind of bring down that overall level that's going into the single signal input on the 297. Um, So if uh, you're watching the video at home, there's this very, very, very bright blue LED that flashes with every kind of hit of these notes. Um, So I'm going to go to combo mode. So you can hear it's much louder. And if you are looking, following along at home, um, the light is just completely on I mean I guess I can I could back off the um, length of that envelope and it's gonna you know decay a lot quicker but it's not quite at the top I want so if I put it back up um, you know I gotta switch it back down to the gate mode to um, I, I guess to not just get a full-on Uh, like 10 volt CV output from this. So what I'm going to do first, uh, I'm going to, so yeah, like I said, I've gotten fast mode. I'm going to put this into the um, shift center and I'll turn that up a bit. I've got notch about at about six. I'll turn up the resonance a bit and the depth on the sweep oscillator. Um, Sweep oscillator is going very slow. So I'm going to, Piggyback off this and plug into the frequency input of the sweep oscillator. So now you can hear it uh, rapidly uh, goes into high speed and pretty quickly kind of dissipates because it's a a faster envelope. And I'm going to piggyback off that. Um, The rate of change on the uh, barber pole... Is set to negative, um, or you know, descending semitones, negative 30, and I'm gonna have that go in the positive direction. So when it does initially hit, the envelope pushes it up into descending, a very slow, probably like 0.6 semitones per second, and um, and then it shifts back down. So the sweep ops oscillator gets really fast with every hit. And at the same time the rate of change slows down. And then they kind of cross over. So we could mess around with this. We could try the medium setting. So yeah, we get a bit more decay and it's a less abrupt. I'm gonna chance up a little bit more. Uh, a little bit less abrupt, kind of cut off at the end there, decay. I'll try going to slow. Turn out the resonance a bit more. A little bit more watery. Um, I could go the opposite way with the sweep oscillator, so I could have it in a... Um, I, Yeah, so I've got it. It'll go slow now, uh, with the initial hit, and it'll decay into something faster. So, you know, kind of neat. And obviously, there are kind of changes. So it's like I'm not, I'm not changing the um, envelope that's opening up the low pass gate, that kind of will stay the same, but I guess I can, there is a little bit of play with the um, the fast, medium, slow envelope follower. Um, I have, here, I'm going to turn this off for a second. Um, but I have uh, plugged the guitar into it, and um, and that gets a bit more play <laughs> as far as like, there's a little bit, I mean, you can be a bit more dynamic um, as like far, as far as how hard you play um, into the the module and kind of adjust your uh, your pick attack um, that you can kind of play around with that envelope follower uh, a bit uh, a bit more and um, and yeah, it's a it's a cool result. So yeah, that's the envelope follower on the infinite phase shifter. Oh yeah, before I go, I made a whole patch out of this I should probably just like play the, the rest of the patch <laughs> Okay, we are back with Bukla USA's CEO, Eric Fox. Back for the second time. Thanks for, yeah. uh, thanks for coming back, Eric. Welcome it's, back. it's
3: kind of an encore. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so,
1: it, yeah, it's been a year and a half since we last talked. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, the world was different. You, uh, yeah. you had just <laughs> been to the, um, what's the Chicago uh, synth show? No no on KnobCon. yeah was, had just happened, so we had just like got word of the 28C and the easel command. And oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So now here we are, um, a year and a half later. How has uh, COVID treated you? <laughs> it's,
3: um, it's it's pretty. On a personal side, I mean, it's a little tough. I I I. I you know, I, I certainly like to get out and do things, and and um, I really enjoyed um, since I don't tour anymore. You know, uh, uh, hanging out with bands that are on tour when they would come to town and stuff, and but but you know, I I try and you know, life gives you COVID, make COVID aid, you know, uh, <laughs> as best you can. Um, so you know, luckily everyone's been around me um, has been what I would consider pretty smart about things and, and Mm. staying really healthy. I I hope uh, you guys um, and, and yours are, have been okay. Um, But, you know, I, I missed the trade shows, but at the same time, I've, I've really enjoyed not stressing about them and Mm. really looking into doing a lot of self-reflecting on the brand, not only as just a person and, being in Minneapolis, um, you know, George Floyd was murdered about 13 blocks from my house. So I drive by that and, you know, the, the, the trial is about to start and that's two blocks from our office. And, um, so it's, it's really, wow. You know, been been interesting and, and, um, makes you kind of reflect about what's important, um, you know, with your family, with society, uh, those around you, how you treat other people. And then once, you know, that, that's kind of taken a lot of priority, but then on a business side, it's, well, what, what the heck are we doing? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing things this way? And, um, what are bottlenecks? Where are we failing? You know, and it's, I never expected it to take this long to take these next steps. Um, but it's always progressively gotten better. And I'll embrace the time off from being forced to go to NAM and wherever and Nobcon and all that. And um and really, just figure out what's best for our company and and ultimately the users, because if they're not happy, then we you know we we can't exist, so we we try and do cool things and and but not and not compromise too much and um where we don't have to um, mm-hmm. but still cool. run a viable company um that's
1: that's a dance, yeah
3: yeah so but i'm you know it's with with the vaccines and everything coming out and and they're being seeming to be trying to stay away from politics here, but uh a new a renewed focus on um yeah you, you know not taking our our eyes off you know what's important um mm-hmm. that that there there is this light at the end of the tunnel and to hear my mom you know, just started, you know, just got her first shot, uh, was felt good to hear and, um, you know, grandparents and, and people like that. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, you know, I never, I forgot to tell Kyle, Eric, that when you upgraded my uh, the bus boards for my twenty four U, which by the way I, I was very happy about that. I oh, think I thank told you, you that a few times. Yeah, it was yeah, you're
3: welcome. I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: was, and I appreciate that. <clears throat> um, just changed my life. I was able to release an album, but that's another conversation. The um, I remember you you were slightly delayed in shipping them out because there were riots not far from your from your office. You know. <laughs> well pro- protests I should oh say. my
3: gosh well um a little from column a and a little from column b you know yeah. um, i i i you know i appreciate the protests um and i I'm not, I'm not a fan of riots for just you know without getting anything you know if it's not going to advance any real cause i don't you know i'm not too into being too loud and destructive unless it's you know, so and then they're walking a, a fine line and it's, but we've seen a lot of positive, most of it's protesting. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was happy about that. And, um, but yeah, that really was some scary moments. Um, not sure what, you know, what, what's happening next. Uh, so there was, there was a March two days ago. So, um, maybe it was Monday. It was supposed to be the first day of jury selection right in Mm -hmm. front of our windows right in front of glass we're on the ground floor and you know just a sense of uh, okay this is this is jury selection what's going to happen you know the week of a verdict and going down there and seeing it looks like a freaking prison around the government center there's multiple layers of chain link fence and armed guards and Razor wire, and it's just it doesn't feel right, but you know, I, I, I mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, but, but yeah, I forgot about that. Thanks for bringing it back up. Right <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I was just thinking fondly about when I got those new bus boards and installed them, and I had no preset lockups, and I was able to make music again, and I was so happy.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah and, and actually, I'm kind of glad you brought that up, and, and, um, you know, I'll quickly parlay since people are like, Oh, he's talking about the bus board system and power. You know, if, if anyone out there is having issues with an 18 or 24 panel, you know, yeah, Robert, you came to me and I was like, Oh no, I actually have a solution and it'll change your life. Mm -hmm. And it's during the maybe 2015 to 2018, summer of 2018 right after i took over we kind of discovered this uh joel discovered it when we were in germany about this crap locking up he's like what the heck is this and he's like who put these stupid parts in here and (laughs) and now again this is for my time this is during the 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 previous um you know regime and just some of the components they put in there were just they 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 it just didn't play nice on the larger, on the larger systems. So if there is anyone out there that has um, an 18 or 24, yeah, hit me up. And, and, you know, even when things aren't under warranty, I think a lot of people are finding that it's still my goal. It's still important to me that you have a working instrument. So if I'm like, well, Hey, that dude, your thing, you know, it was it's five years old. Like I was, you know, like this isn't really going to be a warranty thing, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll help you just cover some parts. I want you to ha- I want everyone to have a working instrument. And, um, we just, th- this is very top of mind because it just happened the last few days. Um, we, we came with a new bus board and Joel redesigned the I2C bus, uh, with some Whoa. tighter tolerances, um, that makes things a little bit cleaner. But we learned um, in a conversation with um, Doug uh, from Studio H he, the way his voltage <laughs> was actually off on our I2C. It wasn't to our spec. He And they're apparently in the rev you've got, Robert, uh, rev four, which is a green bus board for anyone out there. Um, in the power bus powered bus board, it it must have had a little more play and was okay with that. But we mm. tightened up some other stuff. <laughs> and and all of a sudden we we've gotten three reports on twenty four pounds, like, oh my God, it just locks up, you know, if you put this thing in there. Um, I've mm. only heard it on the two fifty eight h maybe. Um, so we're actively. And I think some people thought we were just going to tell them to go pound sand. (laughs) It's like part of me, of course, you know, I'm only going to guarantee that our stuff works with our stuff. We, you know, we, we design it for our products, but of course I want it to work. I I don't, you know, so, so we're actively talking with Doug and he's got, we sent him some stuff and he's sending Joel some stuff and we're trying to come up with a solution. We don't know if it's a mod to certain third-party modules, or it's a mod to the to the blue bus board on these larger hmm. systems. But just to throw that out there, with because you know I don't think hardly anyone's heard about it, but maybe you know it's top of mind for me because I've been dealing with it the last couple of days. But we do take that stuff seriously, and um, y- you know I I'm I'm torn. You know I I I can't spend my life. Worrying about you know third party stuff, but yeah. you know I don't want I still want people to have a nice instrument regardless. And there's some cool third party stuff that really complements what we do, and you know that's great. You know, but you know I wish more. And if any third party developers are working on stuff, you know I would encourage them to please do things that complement our products, not replace it, um, and but then reach out to us if you have a question about a technical thing, because I don't want to hear about, <laughs> you know, like why our stuff doesn't work with your stuff. Like, we'll just, you know, ask us. You know like, we're pretty approachable. And if you're not s- ripping us off then we're going to be pretty cool about it. Um, so, so please anyone out there um, doing that stuff, especially on the I2C. Um, so, you know, keen, um, Studio H stuff like that. You know, if there's a question, let us know, and we can make sure it's within specs, so we don't um, go over this again with somebody else. And uh, but I haven't really heard of problems with non preset management stuff. Yeah. You know
0: yeah. So. yeah. The stuff that doesn't use the I2C bus is um, doesn't really, in my experience, hasn't really put much of a strain. On, you know, except for power, which is a problem that, you know, we, we've talked about in the past here on the show, and then you helped yeah. solve for me. Um, it's kind of cool to, to hear you talking about third party modules because some of them do fill a gap, you know, like thinking about yeah. what 1979 is doing with bringing some of the mutable instruments designs to, to the booklet. Buc- it's yeah. not a format, it's a for you format. Um, we've, we've had a lot of conversations about what that means. Yeah. <laughs> I call it the e- ecosystem. Um, <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and I'll say it forever, you know, Bucco a brand. That's why we're, you know, I'm discussing gestural controllers, you know, that has nothing to do with for you stuff. Right. I mean, we, we, we want to make instruments and it's always been designed to be self contained on the modular side, but you know, the world mm-hmm. we live in, I, I, I accept it and and you're right. We, we can't keep up. So um but, yeah, I, I hope people approach us. Um, I'm much friendlier <laughs> if I don't have to go out of my way. Like if someone wants to ask me about something, I'm, I'm, I'm very approachable initially. So <laughs> well, yeah,
2: I mean, it's like, yeah. it's
1: hard to be, uh, something for everybody. Yeah. impossible. And... Yeah. Um, so I guess going back to you know the 208 seat last time we talked like that had just been announced and yeah. the um, and the command and now it's been out for it's like,
2: popular yeah, I don't know half a year something like that.
3: thank you thank everybody <laughs> thank 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 Don Don rest in, rest in peace and then thank Joel DeVell, you know Don's <laughs> protege you know like just.
0: It's, it's crazy.
3: Well, I mean, so it was really, it was my idea and big push to, you know, make it just as a desktop thing without the controller. Cause I knew there was a lot of people that that was kind of a stumbling point and they just, there's a lot of people like you're saying, Kyle, you know, can't make everything for everyone. Well, this, mm-hmm. this, this comes across a lot more universal, um, yeah. because. We're not saying you got to use this type of controller, which is foreign to a ton of, let's call them traditional, you know, performers, you know, people, you know, if if there's a Mount Rushmore of, of products that a lot of people have, you know, it's a Moog, it's a sequential, it's an Oberheim, and they're often missing this Bukla piece and giving people. The, the means to to control it how they want and interact with it how they want changed everything i have so many people now that approach me and are just like wow the, this 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 speaks to me now and um and then these are people that have tons of albums out or whatever and they're using every instrument but ours and yeah. and this really we're not out there to replace that we're there to 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 complement it and I, I'm huge on that. Like, you know, we we, we do what we do and we want to do it really well. We we delayed things a few months. Yeah. So since we talked, COVID add to that a little bit, but we did not want to release it until we thought it was as close to perfect as it could be. Um, vactrals are just the biggest <laughs> pain in the butt to deal with they're so expensive and we have to buy currently we're buying about 60 extra than we actually use so that we can hand sort them we we go wow. through we 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 uh programmed a rig where we're actually testing rise fall all this stuff and wow. we're, we're matching all of them and there's eight in every single uh 208c portion of an easel and mm-hmm. that's but but yeah, it came out, and yeah, ever the, the the response was really positive. But I I really had felt good about it, and I'm I've been try I've tried to to be upfront that you know the full easel's also coming. Um, but but I, but I'm I'm glad the way this has gone down, and we're we're now sold out of batch two, um, and we're working on batch three. So in, I think the first units started shipping. Some very early ones in uh, maybe February is when the 208C modules first shipped. Yeah, so we weren't done with the enclosure. Um, we we were having some trouble with the MIDI portion. That that was the big kicker, I think. Um, so those never didn't hit the streets. I think till May or June, and then yeah, those those all Ooh. went out the door, and then and then um batch 2 uh started shipping in tail end of december but the bandwidth they're very hard to make still mm. and our our place that does them in san francisco uh who does stuff with um overheim and sequential and stuff um there's so much hand assembly still on these that um they they can they can only make um like 20 to 40 a week and i've never seen them make 40 (laughs) so um (laughs) they give me a report every week and you know i think in february i got a report one week there was zero then there was 16 and then there was 16 and that's for the world and so we're going into batch number three you know which is should be 90 days out or so but we're still finishing up batch two because so the, there won't be much of a gap between batch two and when batch three starts to ship. I mm-hmm. wanted batch three to definitely include the easel, but I can't, I, I think it's going to be on the tail end of that till the enclosure is ready and stuff.
0: Mm. I, sure. So, uh, Well, uh, on the easel command, Eric, it was, I remember talking to you on the show, and then I saw Charles Seaholzer at Velocity here in Seattle, and he, he had a command there, and I played around mm-hmm. with it. I was like, this is, you know, it's it's the easel form factor with a bunch of cool new stuff, and I was excited. And then it shipped, and, you know, that was cool because we're huge fans of the brand and everything here, obviously. But what's really blown me away is when I see it in completely non-Bukla-related places, the synthesizers forum on Reddit, the synthesizer subreddit, or, you know, MuffWiggler or the Eurorack community on Facebook, you know, and people are using it. Yeah. And it's it's just really that that was really cool to see. I didn't think I wasn't well, what do I know? But I, I really <laughs> hoped that it would be popular, but I didn't expect it to be that, you know, that popular. And then of course now we get a lot of people, I have a 208 C and now I want to get a booklet 200 E system. Know. You know, what should I get? And then, <laughs> and then you're like a, a month later they have a Skylab chock full of 200e modules that they've pulled together from different sources. So that must be exciting too.
3: <laughs> um yeah, I mean so that was, you know, getting back to my point of like I wanted to reach new people. Um but but the biggest accomplishment accomplishment I think in this is that we took nothing away from Bukla. Like every single thing that was Buchla we didn't dumb it down in any way we added more features and and my push you know um as kind of an outsider as as just a musician um was to be like well I you know let's let's let let people decide how they want to use this and um we all 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 of us um that are familiar with bukla already knew what it could do. So I want to reach those that would might try doing something different, like you said. And that's, that's been Mm -hmm. so rewarding. And, but anyone who's into bukla, I haven't really heard anyone come back and say, well, yeah, but it's not bukla because they stripped this out of it. It's, it's all there. And, you know, that was, that's one I'm, I'm for this is our you know my first major project at me at the helm. And uh, oh, you know, it, it felt so good. <laughs> it it took a lot of years <laughs> off my life, but you know, it's it's you know, but 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 now to segue into the people line two hundred E, okay. Well, I struggle with that, you know, because we're dealing with production issues and right. changing that up. And so now I've been thinking you know, the last six months, like, how do we do this better? You know, how do we reach the end user and keep up? And I still want it to be unobtainium sounds bad, but, uh, that, that word, but I, I still want 200 E is still the flagship. And, you know, and I think I said that last time, like, I'm not, I'm not interested in abandoning that because it's still, you know, arguably the most powerful Electronic instrument you could get, you know, as a 200e, um, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm trying to balance both, but you know, the the easel and the easel command has allowed us to, you know, offer benefits to employees, you know, health benefits and salaries, and you know, I, I still drive a a 2015 Honda, and I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm very grateful. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, um, it, it's, it's nice to just have some security and be able to develop new stuff and, but, but no, I, I'm, I'm very happy with how the easel series and I'll, I'll include 208C easel command easel, you know, where that's headed and, and as has been good, has been going. Mm-hmm. And I mean,
1: I've always seen the easel as being, um, a gateway <laughs> drug into uh into more you know uh, standalone modules and stuff so so it does make sense that yeah you're going to get pressure on for more of the 200e stuff
3: yeah yeah it um <clears throat> you know we always try and also make stuff that's you know somewhat backwards compatible so you know all the things that people had before for their easel series you know would work in this or things that we designed for this would work in the previous easel. Um, you know, we, we try our best, um, to, to make that happen. Um, but yeah, there, there is a, there is a a fair amount of interest in the 200 E which is nice. Um, and you know, let me know whenever you guys, if, if you ever want, if you want to segment, you know, segue into that, um, at all. Um, yeah. Well, I guess uh, I, I, know, I, I don't. I don't want to diverge if you want to keep talking about the easel. We would not hear it thing, all, man. Yeah,
1: um, <laughs> but I guess real quick, I'm curious if you'd be willing to share, like, how many
3: how many are out there now? Um, I mean, we're still not. We we deal in hundreds. Yeah. Um, not we're not Moog. Uh,
0: <laughs>
3: um, um, although I, you know. Um, I, I, appreciate what they do. Um, we, we're not in, I mean, it, we're not that far off from hitting, um, you know, past hundreds, mm-hmm. um, where we're, we're nice. Yeah. It's good. It's good. You know, if, if our factory can, our, our, our partner, uh, CM in San Francisco can give us 20 to 40 a week. Uh, we take as many as we can get out of that and mm-hmm. that, Yeah. And we're reaching new markets too with that. So, you know, we're seeing, um, a lot of interest in China now. Uh, we have some great, um, some artists over there that we're starting to work with more and, um, Japan's getting a lot bigger, uh, for us as well. Uh, still haven't hit, um, South America a little bit coming up like some Colombia and Brazil, but, but, um, but I think the big one that, that surprised me is, is China coming up and then a little more, um, uh, Russia, uh, starting Ooh. to get into it, you know, but yeah, no, I, I it's, it's, you know, I'm not, uh, it's yeah, no one needs to shed any tears for us, but we're not, <laughs> no, we're not. we're we're not rolling in it or anything you know and and we're just there was so much development in this even though it appeared on the surface like it was just like oh just update the last easel uh we completely you know you know rethought everything and went over every circuit you know in that thing you know we left it intact but we tried to optimize it and made yeah. it consistent i think that was another big thing for us is you know to design it so that we could keep up with demand if it grows mm-hmm. um you know try and try and keep up with demand uh but but we're it's doing better than i expected but i knew it would do you know relatively well Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm always curious of like, you know, how many users are, are out there and it's hard. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure it's hard to quantify for you as, as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not make noise either. We're I mean, there's, there's, they sell a lot more than we do at the price point, but it's, it's, I think it's a lot of classic users coming on and getting caught up where they they've, they're not new to synthesis. They're, they're just like, okay, finally, this is a piece that also works for me. Yeah. You know, it's not designed yeah. specifically for them, but it, does uh, it is designed with them in mind that it should be approachable for them without, you know, over, you know, they don't have to undo everything they thought they knew, you know, in the
1: mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm um okay well we can yeah scoot over to um the 200 e stuff and so you have like a new distribution model that you're trying to work out or Uh,
3: so so our so so don's friend um guy named david riley uh was heading up production he's in monterey california he and don Mm -hmm. were friends and he really he did all the 200 e dating back um, to the early two thousands and he had this company. And when I took over, he, you know, I, we, we left everything in place, you know, it, yeah. it, it, made sense. Um, I didn't want to pinch pennies and try and, oh, let's move this overseas at uh, now. Nah. It's yeah. You know, I didn't want to do any of that. And Dave, the, uh, SOB I'll try and <laughs> keep it PG. <laughs> um uh up and retired on us. He 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 decided, uh, Oh, I I want to enjoy the rest of my life. Ah, what a what a jerk. What's that? Yeah, like, the what?
0: nerve.
2: <laughs> and he
3: um but he was such a great partner for us. Like we would actually be able to strategize with him about circuits and um and Don would and then going flowing into Joel. Um you know, would, uh, we'd work with him on things and strategize about, you know, how to make sure we've got the parts and everything. And, and he was, it was just amazing to work with. And then, you know, when he sold the company, I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll stick with this. And it just, you know, we, we lost that connection, you know, mm-hmm. the new ownership of that in Monterey Um, really had a different way of doing things and a little bit more of a bean counter attitude. And there's no relationship, zero communication. And, you know, I I would say like, Hey, we, we need uh, this and this and this and with the, with the new uh, ownership and management. And they were like giving me like four month lead times. And I'm just like, Uh Well, like what? Like, (laughs) wait, like what? He's like, oh, well, we don't have this, this one part, which is, you know, we have special, you know, there are parts we get made just for us, you know, that we have custom sizes done of and, but we have to buy, you know, thousands, right. To keep in stock. And once he um, exhausted that stock, he never bothered to let us know that this needed to be replenished. And, that happened with a couple of things and it really in the last year has been a real bear trying to get 200 E to people. And, and I don't even really think it was COVID related. It was just, he, just our man, our, our partner just was no longer a partner. And I think we got, we, we became less important because our stuff is a lot of work and you know, they, our stuff is very expensive to build because it's a lot of work. Um, but you know, he, he they just want to work with easier clients. Um, and so we've decided to, and we were all thinking about this. Yeah. Once, once he told me he was getting ready to, you know, thinking about retiring and stuff, I started thinking about, okay, well, what's next, you know, what if the new <laughs> ownership doesn't work out or anything, <laughs> And, and surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, and so we we had this idea that we should, you know, either start doing our own, doing more in-house and building more stuff, having this stuff somewhat built on our shelves and then finishing it off, you know, built to order. So mm-hmm. getting the, uh, the PCBs, um populated with you know uh surface mount stuff mm-hmm. and then from there you know so so getting a partner to do that uh for us and then we take it over back in house and we finish up the hand wiring and programming final qc mm-hmm. um so that that's and we're just transitioning i um i fired the um cm our previous manufacturer in January, uh, somewhat abruptly, but, um, it uh, felt really good, even though February was a big pain, um, Mm. you know, quickly, uh, putting these other things into place. But the good news is I already kind of had ideas on how to do it. And we even partnered with, um, some people that were in the past, uh, that had done stuff for Dawn, uh, that are helping us in the Bay with some wiring. And then, Mm. Um and then we finish it off with the final, you know, programming and QC and putting the faceplate on and, and stuff. And then, you know, and then the other big change I think is we're trying to figure out, you know, how to the most important thing to me is that if there's a user out there who wants a piece of gear what's the most efficient way to get it to that that person you know but they also need support you know they need to um learn about the gear they need it to be able to see it somewhere um they need to be able to access us or uh, some kind of partner of ours uh to you know before the sale to see if it's the right thing for them so instead of just saying there are no dealers and we, you know, we only have what less than a dozen in the world anyway. So, and I'm talking specifically 200 E, not Mm easels. We, we treat those different. Um, that has a wider dealer network, but the 200 E stuff because it's so high end and built to order. Um, I think it's kind of made sense to have, um, some retail partners that, have a display unit and show it off and talk it up. Mm-hmm. But then that sale ultimately the questions and everything come directly to Buchla so that we know that you're a priority as a, you know, if I'm talking to the user that they're a pride that you're a priority and I need to get this to you, you know, ASAP Be- because we would get orders from Japan, Germany, from dealers, and and in the U.S. here at Noisburg or, or wherever, and but they would be ordering stock to sit on their shelves, and that's cool. But when I've got someone in Germany who's going to our partner at Schneider's Laden saying, "Hey, I want this inst- <laughs> this thing," but we don't have any because they're sitting on shelves in Tokyo and L.A. Yeah that's a really bad feeling mm-hmm. um, for me because I, there's nothing I can do this user. I can't go to a dealer who purchased our product for resale and say, I need that back. That's not fair to them. So I I've really struggled with that. And so kind of the idea is that, yeah, these would be showrooms at partners and they get taken care of. Um, You know when there is a sale, um, but you know that that the user has access to the best, quickest, most correct, up to date information possible. And you know, I I know, you know, I ran a retail store, so I I also get that side um, of it. But you know, I feel these these partners of ours will actually sell more because. When when something's sold, you know we've there's a better chance we have it, and mm-hmm. we can fulfill that. And so often in the 200e level, there's customization involved, and it's hard for the um, it's hard for the uh, the uh, dealer to to know all the minutia within every variable. So they, you know, the customer asks them, who asks us, and we tell the dealer, and they tell the customer. It's, it's <laughs> at this level, it's, it's, and I, and I love the dealers to death. Uh, death. I I love their, you know, they're they very, you know, a lot of them were very supportive and, but I think they still can be. And so it's going to be a bit of adjustment I, and hopefully there aren't too many growing pains, but definitely until we're caught up and can fulfill the demand, I don't think we're going to have dealers that just have stock sitting on their shelves. Uh We will control the world's inventory but i think as a user it works to your advantage (laughs) like you can still order it from your favorite dealer and support them and i encourage you to do so you know you don't have to buy it directly from you know our website you can buy it from your 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 favorite dealer but you know we want to be able to get it right in your hands as quickly Mm -hmm. as possible and, um, so that's, that's part of the strategy, which I think is a little different and and not typically done, but I think it works at this level for 200 e products.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's nice that they, they could still go into someplace and, you know, test drive it on, on that system. That's probably not going to get modules pulled out of it when some other person wants to buy that module and they don't have anything else. It's probably going to come out of that demo system or whatever. Um, but then yeah, get it shipped directly to them. That'd be nice.
3: Yeah. I'd like to cut our lead time down to, you know, one to three weeks, you know, like mm-hmm. you order something, if we don't have it on the shelf, you know, we can ship it next week because it just goes in the queue to like, cause we already have, you know, we buy extras of the prebuilt, uh, PCBA, you know, from, um, and that's just to clarify still being done in the bay. We are not outsourcing that overseas that is still done in the Bay. So our new partner for doing the PCBA is in the Bay hand wiring is done in the, in the Bay. And, uh, final stuff is actually probably being done in Minneapolis, but that's just the programming and boxing and final QC. Um, and that's, I think that's very important. I want to support, you know, uh, American jobs when I can. Um, and, um, yeah, so I, th- I think people are going to get stuff fast. But we'll get to a point hopefully soon where we do have a few built up and, you know, we can grab it, ship it really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So, but, um, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's kind of how we're going with that. And then, But we're also related to that is we're going to be updating our, and I'll announce here will be an exclusive. Um, <laughs> cool. I'll, I'll try not to give away too much because it's almost ready. Um, but I, I'll probably just, you know, the cat will be out of the bag, I guess. <laughs> we're we're developing on our website, a lot of our resources now are going to develop um, a tool kind of like inspired by Modular Grid, but okay. takes it to another level. Um, it exists on our website, but it's also linked if you have a favorite dealer partner of yours like bookla.com slash fukusan in, in Tokyo or whatever and, or, you know um, but we would have um, like a modular grid type thing where you can design your own system, share it with us, um, save patches, share it with other people. Uh, yeah. Create patch sheets out of it. Uh, you could order your system. You can toggle your modules on and off, whether you already own them, whether you're looking to buy it right now, whether this is part of your dream system. Um, I think from a support issue on our end, uh, it's nice just to get, see a copy of what your system looks like. Yeah. Uh, um, really giving a lot of interactive details about the modules um, for those who want it, making notes on your, you can name your instrument um, and you can have as many as you want. So modular grid, but, you know, kicked up a notch and just, you know, specific it's just, you know, for us and for Buchla. Ooh. And um, I think that's going to come in really handy um, even for people this isn't just for people to buy stuff. This is people who are already users and owners to make these new systems and know that they're up to date, and that the information is correct on it and being able to reach out. So I'm really excited about that too. And I think hopefully the next month, it's we're pretty close to launching a uh, live beta. And oh, cool. Uh, we gonna, we're going to, I'm going to plead with the public right now to, um, <laughs> be nice. Um, there'll probably be a, you know, feedback thing about it. Uh, please be constructive in your criticism, not destructive. <laughs> um, uh, with us, uh, we are very sensitive artists and cry easily. So.
2: <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs>
3: um, so yeah, that's going to benefit, I think a lot of people and, um, yeah, I'm really excited about that, you know.
1: Right on. That sounds neat.
3: Yeah, yeah, so.
1: And then what's, um? so you've talked about, um, you know, the easel in its full form will be coming back at hopefully some point this year, you're hoping?
3: Yeah, I think we're, so we're just finishing up uh, another round of the updated 218 key- touch keyboard for that. Ooh. Um that's been making sure that's right trying to make that more consistent and we don't want to do anything that um re- when a 218 is working <laughs> when it's properly grounded and working it's a very responsive fantastic instrument yeah we don't want to do anything to take away how responsive it is that's been the struggle because when you start adding more things to stabilize it, it's not as, you know, it just doesn't, it's just not as responsive. And mm-hmm. so that's been the balance that's been what we've been working on the most out of that. We're on another rev of that, but I think we've got about got it nailed down. Um, I think it's going to probably include some kind of a grounding mm-hmm. wrist strap. Looks like a anti-static, um, Electra and ESD bracelet, but it's not, you can't just use an ESD, mm. um, mm. because an ESD bracelet has a one, usually has a one mega ohm, um, resistor in it. You, you can't have that resistor for grounding purposes. So, um, we're going to, I think, start including that for those who need it, um, when mm. they feel they need it, if they're in a, a touchy, um, power situation where the ground yeah. isn't optimal, uh, for their easel or 218. Um, and, but please do not use it during a lightning storm. <laughs> um, cause yeah, um, that would be our big disclaimer, um, on that. Um, and then the other big parts of the easel, we're just about finished. We feel pretty good about the enclosure, the suitcase, uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be for it and. Uh, the power supply and, um, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna, there'll be an extra little bell, you know, be a a bell and extra bell or whistle or two, um, on the full size easel version versus the easel command. It'll still have all the same IO connectivity, um, as the easel command, you know, with the one volt per octave, uh, if you want to use that, if that's your thing, um, it'll have that on there. Um, and the MIDI stuff, but those are the two hanging points for us right now, but I think we're about done. And when you see the announcement, I'm hoping within 60 days, we can unveil it and that we're able to ship third quarter, you know, okay, um, I'd like to, to actually be able to ship, but I'd like to be able to show it off, uh, by May sometime in May.
1: Nice. So are the, the 218 upgrades just kind of just to bring what was before just a bit more functional for people? Are there going to be other um, features that have been added? There's a couple joysticks. um
3: joysticks. Um, <laughs> not a joystick, but there is. It's not going to be a huge uh, set of upgrades, um, but I think the price point going to be a little better. So Lem 218, still trying to, that's, if you don't have a Buchla and you just it would just come in its own enclosure. So if you're using it for your rack or just as a MIDI controller, um I think that street price is nine ninety nine U.S. Mm-hmm. dollars. Is what we're trying to do. That's as a as a desktop, you know, standalone controller. Um, otherwise, for an existing Buchla user, uh, we'll sell it as a you know two eighteen E module, mm-hmm. and that's. I think that's going to be like $7.99, somewhere in there. Hmm. Um, a couple hundred dollars cheaper uh, for those who just want to put it in an existing rig. And then the easel, the full-size easel, um, target street price is $39.99. Wow. Really, right. yeah, really, yeah. really trying to... And the demand, seeing the demand from the easel command um, has helped with that because that makes it a little more affordable and justifiable that we're going to move enough to bring the price down. Um, so yeah, for a thousand dollars, you're going to get a suitcase, um, instead of the smaller four panel powered Mm -hmm. case, uh, you'll get a, you'll get a larger suitcase with two rows and, um, the new PSU with one or two bells and whistles and the two eighteen. That's what you're getting for a thousand dollars. That's my, I feel pretty good about that. That's not hundred percent set in stone, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. That's awesome. I would hate to go past that. And I think we'll do, you know, I think a lot of people buy that too. And for those who bought easel commands, uh, we're working out ways where, you know, a lot, a lot of people have asked, can I also get the suitcase and 218? And, uh we're, we're gonna try and work something out for them too so that they can move their 208c back and forth if they want or just move it to the new easel and you've got a four panel you know yeah. boucle case left yeah. over you yeah. know that that's part of what I was talking about with I'm never trying to leave people just well what the heck did I buy this for then you know like yeah, I didn't, just
1: just toss that out because that's useless now it, yeah, yeah I mean no. it's it's
3: you know that's I I really put a lot of effort and push for that every time I can um, so that the stuff is still usable in a different form or, you know, um, so that's, that's, so yeah, people who have easel commands, um, yeah, they they will be able to uh, be taken care of somehow uh, to transition over to this, um, to an easel if they, if they want to do so. I've I've
1: heard from a lot of people that, after, you know, they've got their commands and stuff, and they're Jonesing for a two eighteen, which yeah. I, I guess that's I thought hard. it was, I I didn't expect that because I think <laughs> I as we've it. seen it works really well with like the Sensil Morph, um, and but but yeah, you know, there is something yeah. to that combo. I mean, it was all yeah. designed together. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big proponent of kind of keeping the easel the easel but then then you also have people that like they're ready to chuck out that 218 and fill it up with four other booklet modules too so yeah
3: yeah yeah. i think we're going to try and sell the the case on its own too for you know those who want to do their own whatever you know so it's 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 like a smaller thing than a Skylab, but
0: yeah there's um, a lot of demand for that
3: yeah i think so so and, and if i can get that price you know close to 999 for the case with the power and everything yep, um, I, I think people would be happy with that. Um, I, th- I think you can achieve that with the easel command if you want the 218. you can either go with the easel command with a lem 218, which is a nice beautiful little setup. I yeah. think I think that combination yeah. together would work would look really nice on a desk or you go in that you know like you're saying Kyle that all that all in one. Um, excuse me. Um, you know, you get that all in one in the in one suitcase. Um, you know, but I I think, yeah, yeah, I, I think, you know, there there are going to be options for those who want it and don't want it and whatever. Um,
0: yeah. So grateful. last time you were you were with us, a couple of things that were I'm going to put you on the spot, Eric. A couple of things that you had on on the radar was the full size 100 system and then potentially some 200 reissues of sorts um maybe working with human comparator or or another partner is that still on your roadmap or kind of set that aside what's going on with that
3: so the 100 um you know is with human comparator and uh with Yoon uh from that from human comparator and you know we both got so busy Mm. Um, with other projects, and when um, uh, F- Felix came on board, um, just a heads up. So, so Charles is um, has transitioned, and she's now referred to as Felix. Is oh, her okay. name now? Just, just a heads up. Cool. Uh, so, since you mentioned uh, before, thanks for so, that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, so, so Felix. Um, when Felix, uh, came on board, um, that really changed things, you know, when I hired her, um, summer of 2019, she moved out from Washington, um, over, you know, to us and that, Mm -hmm. and, you know, so Felix, you know, we've wanted to switch to focus on. Uh, 200 reissue which is still on the table i think 100 you know i haven't talked to Yoon about it in a little bit um 2020 was so focused on the easel and 2021 20, so far really has mm-hmm. been um just because the demand and um it's what we've been able to um focus on to you know make make uh have our employees um have a better life um live you know give them a livable wage um and give them benefits that they deserve and um the 100 i i hate to say it but i think it's just kind of gone the back burner and mm. you know until i find a part i'm learning my bandwidth and i think some of the mistakes i've made in the past where trying to focus on something that we're not used to, um, your stuff in house. It's just, it's just not us day to day. Mm -hmm. Um, 100. I think when I really think about it, what epitomizes Buchla is 200 and 200 E. And it really begins when people think Buchla, it starts with the 200. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think that's more a higher priority for me personally and internally as a company. Um, so I still like the idea of the 100 coming out and we're always up for partnerships. You know, we have limited bandwidth, um, internally and, you know, Joel's going to always want to focus on what's next, mm-hmm. you know, learning under Dawn. you know, you, you never look back. And yeah. Joel is so creative. And I think that's where, you know, we need to utilize his talent. So focusing on new 200 E module with him, you know, is big for us, uh, yeah. gestural controllers. Um, that's, that's where I think Joel, um really needs to um spend his time and then felix is wearing a lot of hats you know she's she's a mechanical designer she's um you know pro does some programming so we we keep sticking her with tasking like oh we gotta do this MIDI thing now oh crap this (laughs) thing isn't you know we found this bug so there's a firmware update for this this thing and um so i think we really you know this maybe this is maybe this podcast is a intervention maybe um or a
2: <laughs> sla-
3: slash a cry for help on my end um and looking back at some of these previous things that i think are very important um but i but i really want to start embracing some partnerships you know like we did mm-hmm. with Tencil. And we've done with Arturia and we've done with, um, um, you know, we've done with, um, uh, uh, oh my gosh, soft tube, of course. Um, yeah. you know, but that's why we're talking to somebody about, you know, technology used in a gestural controller, you know, like, okay, well, you know, cause, cause Joel and Don were inspirations for them, you know, yeah. and, and, so them, you know, people like that approaching us saying like, this is kind of interesting. And Joel and I discussing like, be really nice. We've to get back to this, but we've got this 200 E thing we got to do.
1: But mm-hmm.
3: I really do want to get Felix. Um, and she, I, my understanding is she does too want to get focused back on, you know, some of these reissues and especially the, you know, the initial core five, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's out of, the realm of possibility that those are done this and released later this year
1: cool so. yeah it's got to be hard to you you know like we said don never looked back so it's like you're always trying to look to the future of like what are we going to do next but then there's all this amazing history that yeah. um you know that people are drawn to as well and then and then you have the current. you have the two <laughs> two hundred e stuff. so yeah, yeah, it's a lot of ping pong and i'm I'm sure it's yeah, then tough to focus on any one thing,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, yeah, it's it's a little manning. We probably have more products and more SKUs than just about anybody else and trying and the demand is yeah is equal across the board, you know, and you're just like, oh my gosh, can't can't people just hate this, you know, like, <laughs> like, so, so, so Robert let's, let's just tell everyone, pretend that your stuff doesn't work anymore and it's all gone to crap. So yeah. just, nobody buy any more stuff. So we can just on three things that people like, and uh, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. yeah I, I shouldn't have fixed your thing. Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you could have had yeah. your Thursday night back too, probably. I know, you know? I know, right? <laughs> keep,
0: keep that
1: we just away. keep taking and taking. Ah,
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, so, well. so, so, yeah. Sorry to disappoint you about the 100. <laughs> no, I'm not it's saying hard it's hard off the table, up. but I don't think that happens until we partner officially and we can move forward with Yoon or potentially somebody else. Um, but you know, they have to really, their heart has to be in it. And Yun's absolutely is, you know, if, if, if a human comparator decides, you know, to go all in on it, then, you know, it's going to be great. And that's why I am so excited. And, you know, he started working on more surge stuff and, um, yeah, so we'll see. Yeah. I
0: I think that I don't own a company like you do, Eric, clearly, but I was thinking about it and when I was chatting with someone about this interview and they were asking, saying, like, ask them about the Bucco 100. I was thinking, you know, you didn't take pre-orders and you didn't take deposits. It was no. something you wanted to do. And then sometimes things just get put off until later. Uh-huh. You know, Like I've got a, a thousand ideas like that. And as long as I'm not on the hook for any of them, <laughs> then I could decide right. and do them later, maybe. So, yeah, but still really excited about the two hundred reissues that Felix is working on, and of course, everybody would love to see a two hundred E module come yeah. out. You know, um, the other thing that I promised to ask you about was yep. bug fixes for existing two hundred E modules. Um, now, when I say bug fixes, you know, some of the older modules like the two seventy two E have some kind of quirks to them. Um, that are kind of well known. Are you still, as you're shipping, a, you know, new 200e modules to folks, are like Joel or anybody else still working on addressing, you know, any issues that have popped up over the years? Some of those are 12, 13 years old, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah. So you know, and that's you know, the the I'd say the first year at least um, to 18 months under my uh, watch, it that you know that's what no one saw was <laughs> the <laughs> amount of effort it went to, to kind of quietly fix a lot of things. Um, 272 um, the issue with that. So, you know, we can probably actually help some people if they have issues. Um, it was the startup. What we discovered was the startup sequence of the tuners of the radio tuners was the sequence of those starting up is what would freak it out. Hmm. And why you would need a power cycle. So yeah. it didn't, it didn't, they didn't boot up in the proper order. So actually, Joel, f- you know, figured that out. And we just, well, so yes, we fixed it, uh, but we never told anybody about it.
2: <laughs> because, <I>
3: just... <laughs> because we didn't have time to, like, now I'm going to get a flood of emails like, oh, I'll fix my 272. So yeah. that's, that's kind of been. The thing, um, there's always going to be some inherent quirks with a few things uh, just because of limitations of, you know, the DAX or, or whatever CPUs uh, that we use, um, with certain things. I know 210, you know, is a, is a tricky one. Um, but, yeah, 272, actually, we might be able to, to help with that. There are some things that we're done. So we've actually always you know, um, you know, been updating things. Yeah. And definitely that we're switching to this new um uh build house for the PCBs. Uh Joel's looking at every rev and making sure there's there'sn't something else he could do, uh or something. So. Uh,
0: yeah. Well it figures that you tell me about the two seventy two E fixes right after my album of two seventy two E music. <laughs> <laughs> came out and, and i had to no but i i talked about it on the show um knowing that that it's quirky and knowing how to work around it made it there was never a time where i was like ripping it out and throwing it out the window. Yeah. you know, just know how it works um but there's that's interesting thing about that module specifically is that interest in it seems to be going up for some reason it's
3: an amazing it, but... it's an amazing instrument and when oh my gosh, you get people who know how to use it. And just, it's such an unsung hero. And we we didn't want to push it too hard, you know, until we were confident that, you know, it was working. Cause you know, the more you sell, the more you have to support stuff. And yeah. you, you know, that that's become a bit of a, you know, how do we handle this? How do we, you know, and, and with COVID shutdown, well, we also found out where people had a lot more effing time on their hands. So they, <laughs> they found problems with our shit. So, <laughs> so
2: we're,
3: we're like, my God, we never heard about this because people are bored. So they're like, wait a minute. Is this a I should,
1: problem? I should go play that thing that I've had in the corner for uh, 10 my years. Oh God.
3: <laughs> So yeah, that, that actually did happen where we would see an uptick in support and we're like, oh my gosh, you know, and that's, that's where your 100 went. That's where your 200 reissue went (laughs) all the time. Like, oh, help me with this thing.
1: People were using the stuff that they had. Yeah. It's weird. Oh my God. Yes.
3: Yes. (laughs) That, um, yeah, that, that was honestly, it has been a thing. So, um, but yeah, we, we, we quietly have been doing those things, Robert. And, um, yeah, yeah, no, we're, Ooh. we're, we want to get to a point in the website to show different revs, you know, with it, it's due for a big upgrade and that's where this modular grid style, um, inspired, uh, thing is, is happening. Um, and then trying to update the support ticket and show people links to, well, here are different revs and potential mods we know about. We'll get there. But if it's a really a problem, hit us up directly uh through the support ticket system and we'll yeah. uh, try and get back to you um with you know what options you know you might have. Cool. Um I guess going back
1: to what you kind of brought up with like the two ten and and just you know, we're the 200 e is going to be coming up on 20 years, and in, in a couple more years, yeah, oh that's a long yeah. life cycle. Yeah. And you know, the way technology moves um, is like, do you? Does Joel like want to pull his hair out and stuff? Like, <laughs> kind of looking back and like supporting some of these older things?
3: Yes, one hundred percent. That that's the biggest complaint I get out of Joel is. And he drops a lot more f bombs than I do. Right on. But he, um, yeah, he he's like, I'm dealing with this thing because this power issue came up where it's like, oh, this third party thing isn't working with it, and he's just like, it's not my problem. Like he's like, I'm what he's like, I haven't touched this new 200e thing that, <laughs> that we've been wanting to do for a year and a half now, and. Which is kind of an ambitious piece, you know, like 252 and beyond level. Oh wow! Like, like, like we're not talking just some like whatever. It's not a, just an
0: analog thing. oscillator.
3: No, no, this is a thing. <laughs> this is a thing. Oh, um, wow. And and he's just like, ah, oh, he's like, I just, he's like, I haven't even gotten to do that. So when I hear his frustration, it's it's, it's always him complaining about that, and um, and uh. Yeah, that's. I forgot what the question is because I'm just hearing Joel's <laughs> yeah. screaming in my in my mind. Um, yeah, I guess.
1: Yeah, um, I I don't know. I guess just commenting on like still you know supporting a, a f- something that's been around for almost twenty years. It's, well, uh, I mean,
3: it's two hundred e was. If we're still ahead of our time right now, which I believe we are, you know, yeah. this, this, this how far ahead was Dawn. And that's what Joel is going to strive for. Like, how can I be so far ahead? You know, like, like they're creative people and creating a circuit is, is what's fun to them. Joel identifies first as pretty much everybody in the company does a musician uh, first and foremost, and not as an engineer, but he wants to be excited about, Thing, doing things that no one thinks that you can do. Yeah. And, that's cool. and we struggle with, It kind of it does kind of come back sometimes this third party when it gets injected in there and, and it wreaks havoc on our stuff. It, it, it does bug us a little bit when it doesn't work because you know, we, we do our best to make sure our stuff works and, but because it's so advanced, i think some people think it's really easy like well it's just like you're a wreck why why is power a thing or whatever it's just like no you don't understand what's happening here (laughs) and even some of these people that have been designing you know they're on their own clearly don't understand exactly what was happening Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it and that that's you know that's why we we're kind of like apple right like i mean i'm not we're not, but we're, <laughs> we're going to design for ourselves. You know, we're not. You got the not, turtlenecks.
0: I, yeah. If is ever a trillion dollar company, I'm going to be pretty excited about that. Um, um, <laughs> sorry. Awesome. Um,
3: yeah. Um, but, you know, we're going to design for ourselves. And it's really the onus is on other people to make it work for our stuff, not the other way around we don't it's not not trying to make it a closed platform we're not like oh we won't be open source it's because there's hardly anyone that can figure out how to design for it even if we told them what it was like it's just they're gonna screw it up and we just want to make sure (laughs) that when we give you something a we can we feel good about supporting it if you have an issue and you're using bucla power with bucla modules we guarantee that to work, even if it is broken, we will help you make sure that it works. You start introducing third party stuff. I don't know what's going on. If you remove all that stuff and use our power and it works, then then we did our job as Bukla. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's it's not that we're trying to be jerks and like we don't want other people we just don't have time to design for them and we want to make sure this works and yeah. we can't comfortably do that when we're not in charge of their products.
0: I think that's fair. You know, if we, yeah. if you look at depth and the Euro rack format, you know, the, what became the Euro rack format, you know, th- theater not responsible for oh. stuff you know, weird when I bought an SMR and it didn't work in my little Euro rack lunchbox yeah. because it, pulled too much 12 volt on the rail, you know, <laughs> but like, it's all right. Well, that's the thing to, you know, we've been talking a lot about trying to avoid the language of the Bukla format and mm-hmm. trying to say you know the Bukla ecosystem, which is in the for you format, because people say, I want to have a Bukla and it should have a Keen module and a studio H module and a bunch of, you know, 200 R modules. It's like, that's not really a Bukla. It's not even a Bukla case, but there's a connection to, you know, we need a word. We need a way to describe that.
3: I I think what I've always thought about, because, yeah, I mean, Bukla makes instruments. We don't make parts. Our stuff are comprised of parts, and we've allowed people to purchase parts. A 292E is a part. A 281 is a part. I mean, really, of an instrument, mm-hmm. right? And you know, for us, it's you know, 208C is probably the closest thing there is to one part that's one instrument, is a 208C. Um, as a, as you know, um, I think the terminology, because you got two things that are for you. So maybe is it for you B and for you S for Surge and Buchla. Is that for what you, it is?
1: for you, tiny jacks? Yeah, well,
3: but for us for surge, for surge and for you, yeah. B for Bukla. Like, is that a thing we can make happen? Is that you know, I, I was talking to friends at other large companies I won't name. Um, you know, we we will be making a little more effort to make sure there's less market confusion. I'll say that you know, with our brand, like when you buy a bukla, you know you're buying a Buchla. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm again, I'm cool with other stuff. Just make sure you know don't. There's a problem when people look at something and they think it's a bukla, and that's not fair to us, and it's not fair to Don's, you know, legacy, and, and the, the good brands have done a good job of marketing themselves as their own brand that happens to be more often than not compatible and works well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'll, I'll never, you know, I'll never guarantee that other stuff to work with ours, but you know, I'm not saying it can't or won't, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that, but I, I just. You know, I look online and it's just like, oh, there's this Buchla thing. Like you guys hear it all the time. And and as our company grows and it is growing with new users, I really have an obligation to the brand and Dawn's legacy, the way it started, to make sure when people look for Buchla, they're they're seeing Buchla. You know, just like if you look for Moog, you're going to see Moog. If you look for Sequential, you should see Sequential. And if someone wants to do something that's, Similar um, or inspired by—that's okay, but you know it needs to be clear that that's them, that's not ours.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. are are you okay with us calling this a Bookla podcast?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, know. It's
0: like, uh, yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> well, you <laughs> know, it's <laughs> like
0: it's along the same lines, right? We we say it's a Bookla podcast for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mostly talk about Bukla modules. Like this month's featured module is the wonderful 297, which is almost 20 years old, by the yeah.
1: way. Um, so yeah, get, get ready to restock that thing, because that yeah. thing is going to, after this hit. Wow,
3: well, I think I have a bunch in stock, actually. So <laughs> yeah.
1: we we well, For much
0: longer. Kyle and I right. both, we both made featured module segments with the 297, and man, they're good. I'm going to say they're good segments. That thing nice. can <laughs> that thing can rock. I'm I'm not kidding. Like yeah, uh, yeah. You patch it a certain way. You put a, some good st- harmonically rich content into that. Oh boy, it's fun. Nice. I like it. It was also impossible to understand when I first got it. because I was like, it's a phaser. Why would I spend fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> on a phaser? <laughs> oh, I better flip this switch. Okay, that
3: uh-huh. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I had I had a muton phase at one point in time, which was you know. Yeah, close to that <laughs> that number at its time.
3: <laughs> so have you been getting other tough questions that you're afraid to ask me? Let me throw myself under the bus here. Like what? <laughs> like what are they? If you can say it in a non-dickish way, like what's the, what's the it's jerkiest so- questions you get that are worthy of asking, just politely.
0: Just the typical stuff of like, why is it so expensive and this and that and like, come you know, I don't like it's all relative. Which is always
1: that's honest. always been there. Yeah, well, what nah, are you gonna do about it? I'm
0: like, I'm not gonna ask because I I I bought this stuff, so I can't. Who might answer that? Um, I, there's a long-standing thread on Muffwiggler that goes back to like 2011 that has bug reports in it, and people are like, when are they gonna fix that bug from 2011? Like, I don't know. I mean,
3: we might have, I, (laughs) I don't, if anyone else is any, you know, whoever's listening to this, if you want to know a question and you want the answer from the horse's mouth (laughs) for the love of God (laughs) and all that's holy, do not ask it into the essentially the ether randomly into the internet and hope for the, that we find it and, and answer you there's too much noise out there i don't i personally do not have facebook instagram i have zero uh social media accounts um it's very rare i go on muffled Glare. we'll never look there uh, for (laughs) stuff um so if you have a legitimate problem question concern that you would like an answer from us about um please ask us directly if it's straightforward things that, you know, people have experience, I think it's OK to, um, you know, be on the forums. But if you're directly wanting something addressed from us, please approach us directly. Yeah, and ho- hopefully, hopefully at some point, you know, I kind of like the idea of some kind of forum, you know, that we host. That's official for us. Mm-hmm. Be Where awesome. people can talk amongst themselves. Yeah and um it needs to be civil and it's not yeah. for t- third-party stuff you can take that you know over to muff wigglers that's fine um that'd be pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not, I'm not ready there yet and we don't yeah. necessarily monitor it we we we'll, we'll say that we'll slippery always, slope on that yeah, yeah on absolutely yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. It'd, just, it'd just be it'd just be cool i i told cool. somebody that was uh, i was you know they were kind of bitching about um, a problem that they had with a module, and I was like, you know, you can't. It doesn't update over the air. It's not like Bucla is using wireless technology to update a module. You know, you just email them. Like, if there,
3: there might have been an update, that's what no, I'm saying. Like, like we yeah. we might actually have a fix for that. And if there's an actual problem, you know, there are certain things that are just going to be a quirk that that is going to exist with any instrument ever built that's Mm -hmm. electronic um you know but especially as people try and use devices and not just ours in more complex ways where it's like you've got multiple MIDI things going with Daw and you're clocking for this and that you know there's just going to become a point where any company you're talking about is just like i i can't i don't know how to help you you know, it's just, it, it just doesn't work for some odd reason. And and we're not going to spend, you know, $10,000 to figure out why, you know, this one,
1: one user in this is using it in a certain way. Yeah. Why
3: fun. Jill Smith, Jane Smith and, you know, in, you know, in, 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 Zur- in Zurich just can't get this one thing to play with, her teenage engineering and her, you know, <laughs> I, with her pocket operator triggering. I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's, it must be really tough being in an industry. And, and I'm, I'm going to take flack for this for having a, customers that generally feel pretty entitled. Um, Like a, I, I have a car, a very expensive car yeah, and in the, ownership community, there are quite a few people that have a very strong sense of entitlement because when you spend that kind of money on a car, you know, so like if you buy a brand new car that costs $500,000, sure, Uh you're going to get the absolute top service from the company. But when you're buying like a 30-year-old car that's been like eight owners, you know, they're like, nobody took care of it, but they still have the same feeling that they should be they should get everything, and, and uh, it's, sometimes, you know, it's like, well, what are all the different parts that you're putting on it, and all the things you're connecting it to, and is it on a battery tender, and so many things are just yeah. outside of the outside of the control that you couldn't even know how to start to try to solve a problem with something anyway. And um, you know, sometimes you know, it's also just have a bad module, you know, because things happen.
3: Well, luckily, Don uh, has conditioned everybody to work for it, with Buchla. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so like, you're going to work for it and come hell or high water, you're going to stick with it because you invested that heavily. But, but that's one reason why I'm, I'm putting an effort also this year into having tools so that users can connect with us directly because we want to solve these issues because we're not hearing about everything. And um, you know, but we, yeah, we, we really wanna see we wanna hear directly about issues. We don't want the, the dealer to kinda come up with some band-aid, like that's why we wanna be more involved and and spend our resources um on that. And
0: but you know, but you know, Eric, what's gonna happen is you're gonna fix some bug that people mm-hmm. complained about, and then they're gonna say, now it doesn't sound like Bukla anymore.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And I, <laughs> and I'll be like, wow, it sounds like time to buy a different instrument. Uh, sorry, it didn't work out for you. you.
0: Charge them to go back to the way it was. That's the Apple model.
3: Yeah, right. I like
0: right. the core OS. I need to go back to the previous version. I'm gonna have to buy another computer. That's <laughs> not it, it. Oh my gosh!
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We already deal with that with like yeah that that I program card. So yeah. we gotta maybe yeah, but we we're replacing that, but. But the new software for that, um, for the new, it'll be called the Program Manager now, replaces the iProgram card. But those people who have an iProgram card, same hardware architecture, so the new software will run your iProgram card. Oh, there card. you go. Nice. So we're we're very for every time someone really gets mad at us, please just think about <laughs> <laughs> that we we. we're we're trying to make it all right. And, um, you know, the, the best and easiest thing I could do is only I could fire everybody in the company and just make easels. And I could go retire, um, on an Island somewhere and good luck to you and not think about it again. Um, that would be the smartest thing personally for me. Um, where I will have a lot of money because I'm not trying to you know make everybody happy mm. users and employees alike. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so but I just the sick twisted part of me just keeps you know sadistically
0: <laughs> yeah
3: torturing myself and uh, going through it. So. so
1: well, thank you for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and,
3: and and thank you guys for all your support and and, um, and everything. And yeah, I, I I don't know if I did any other interviews this this year. I don't. But um, uh, yeah.
1: Well, you know, you're always welcome. Whenever uh, that two hundred new two hundred e module uh, yeah. services. Oh,
3: God, I you I, know I, a I couple
1: hope. dudes that will
3: <laughs>
1: like
0: to hear about it for sure.
3: Definitely, yeah nice
0: nice it, um, and the technology you know with teensy and arduino and raspberry mm-hmm. pi not saying that's what you're doing but when don was working you know like 2009 something like teensy just was not, that was a way out to the future to be able to have a, a very fast computer the size yeah. of a postage stamp Mm-hmm. You could do something pre- like the 252E, you know, way beyond that with uh, and relatively easy to code. When I say easy, I mean as a programmer to learn yeah. the, the API and stuff, not that you could do it fast and cheap, just to be clear to everybody.
3: Yeah, right.
0: So the, the possibilities are pretty wild. And then I've been thinking about that in the context of the spirit of what of what Don was working on, like the 251E and the 252E being two of the... The modules that he designed toward the the end of his career yeah. there, and those were like, you know, I, I hadn't seen anything like it before. We have some stuff like it now, similar the the orthogonal devices sequencers got uh-huh. a, a similar feel to the two fifty one E. It's not the same, yeah. But um, those super complex, deep, rich computer based sequencers are now what everybody wants. And um, it's, that's pretty amazing.
3: Well, I'm not going to say shit about whatever the new 200 e is. So,
0: <laughs> even though I did that wonderfully mm. romantic uh, setup, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. I see that.
3: I see what you're trying to do. Dang, uh, it, but Should have had yeah, video yeah, no, it. Um, yeah, t- yeah, the, the 252. To you know, the sequencers. You know, especially 252, and you know, yeah, 251s great um as well um yeah it's just where we're we want to keep pushing that technology and, and that was was so amazing i think about Don is that you know if he had the access to the technology that there is today think how much he was always pushing whatever it was yeah. way beyond what its limits were supposed to be and figuring out how to force whatever he had to make it do what he wanted And, you know, that's why we were so willing to jump in with Sensel. I mean, they're the way they do the The resolution of the touch controller is just Mm -hmm. so amazing. And it just anything we, you know, we could have ever wanted and, and, and they, they did it. And, um, so that's, that's why we're always excited about partnerships, you know, like where this new technology is coming from. And, um, And, and where it can go. And yeah, I think we don't use much of like teensy and raspberry that we just, we use teensy in the USB, a controller for the easel command and the new Mm -hmm. easel. And that's, you know, we used it for that and we buy those things in bulk and you Mm -hmm. know, they're still not, they're not free, but you know, when we have to do some coding, we have to solder some stuff by hand and put them together. We, we do those in Minneapolis, but there, yeah, that, that was a great solution, you know? And, um, I think, uh, there's a thing on the, on the new, on the full size easel that incorporates a similar thing for this extra device, you know, because how do you give something, something that's a pretty useful tool that's affordable? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think we'll ever be to the point, you know, where we, I shouldn't say ever, I, I don't think there's anything out there that can do what we're going to demand of it out of like a 200 E module, you know, through and through where we could just make it for, you know, next set <laughs> where it's just, all, you know, under a hundred dollars in parts, you know, our stuff costs a lot of money just in parts, um, mm-hmm. to build and, um, yeah, but, uh, when we can do these little accessories and, and make them a little more affordable, um, that complement our stuff, uh, then, then we're, we're happy to do that when we can.
1: Cool. Right on. Okay, well, we've taken up uh, a ton of your time. Yeah, but,
3: whittle whittle uh, it down however you want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to whittle it down to you saying, I'm only going to sell easels so I can retire. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's really the, the takeaway.
3: Interview. That's the clickbait. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the uh, yeah, Eric says, you know he's gonna fire everybody.
0: It's like a yeah. one minute interview with Eric Fox
3: <laughs> <laughs> God, it's 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 so sad, but it's, it's I, I keep joking with people about it, but I, when I look at the numbers and like how much effort we spend in this other stuff, I'm just like, God, that's all I gotta do. You just quit. Just <laughs> amazing. You know, it's already built. Let let Sequentials Factory, you know, just build them and ship them. Just that's it. You know, <laughs> hire somebody on the main on the mainland because I'll be on an island and let them process orders. That'll be that. God.
0: That's, the, that's the dream. Man.
3: Oh. <laughs> but man.
1: All right, oh, good times. Well, yeah, thanks so much for coming yeah, back and so. um and we'll have to do it again sometime.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, when there's another big update or something, um, as we get closer, you know, and maybe I'm always happy to do even like a fifteen, ten, you know, just yeah. like here's just an update, not like necessarily an interview, just like yeah. hey, what's going on. And and I'm always cool with tough questions. And that's why I even ask, like, hey, if there are tough questions that no one's been able to ask politely. Um, then, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, as as long as there's some level of respect, you know, and people are willing to listen to my answer and, you know, then, you know, then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it, you know? And that's how we get better. If I'm not challenged, if any company's not challenged, how are you going to grow, you know, when we don't Mm -hmm. hear about these bugs because they're talking about them on muff wigglers okay well I, what do oh, i know yeah. you know like like I, i'm not looking for your problems but i'm here you know if you want to bring me your problem you know you know so I, I know, yeah right so you know i'll i'll cringe a little bit inside but it's it but it's it's for the best so you know we, we want to get better so awesome great yeah yeah yeah
1: All right. Well, um, yeah, I guess we'll sign off. Thanks so much. Thanks, Eric. like to thank eric fox for being on the show today go to bookla.com for more information on bookla yeah
0: they can't figure that one out on their own check out <laughs> tim held's podcast the Podular podcast jay ryan's the Deerhorn podcast and also check out our friends and favorite past guests the galaxy electrics cosmic tape music club podcast do it up subscribe to all those
1: um if you want to help support the show you can do so through patreon at patreon.com slash source of uncertainty and you can get your source of uncertainty t-shirts
0: at sourceofuncertainty.threadless.com. you can find out more about the show or contact us through our website sourceofuncertainty.audio. we'd love to hear from you and you can find us on instagram at sourceofuncertainty,
1: of and you can find us on youtube as well until next time see you later